Welcome to a post-retirement edition of the Dojo Talk podcast. Um, I guess technically this is episode number 175. I am your host, Serial Sensei. If you would like to dig through the back catalog of this podcast, um, you can give that a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, um, many other platforms that I can't remember because I haven't had to do this intro um according to soundcloud in five months so i'm a little rusty (laughs) but if you want to listen to our back catalog you can find them on pretty much any streaming platform um and of course i'm joined with my co-host the anti-cool what is going on man (sighs) just relaxing on uh, well i guess it's not the afternoon anymore that's evening-ish 533. The the sun is setting so, uh, in a little bit on this Saturday night evening. Um, but yeah, no, I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Um, see, I had something. I had something, and it's completely <laughs> not. Yeah. Uh, for uh, for I was gonna say for former listeners, people who already who know about us. Um, we're just going to kind of wing this episode. Uh, <laughs> this was a, a a whim, kind of just spur of the moment. Let's just do this. Um, this was decided 20 minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> so if you're a new listener, we've been doing this for like three years, but this is our first episode in five months because we technically retired. But uh, tonight felt like a good night to come out of retirement. Uh because of happenings today but before we get into that um i guess real quick because you know we haven't recorded in five months a lot has happened the world is flipped upside down about three four times over um how how's life been in the last you know five months or so how, how's things going um day to day you know it is yeah i was hoping the next like i knew we would eventually record again whether it be for like um, Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford, as was our like number one, like this is the fight that we'll come back out retirement for, right? Or um, what, what was the other one? John Jones at heavyweight or something? If, if John Jones loses, uh, when when John Jones loses, when John Jones loses officially, when Ngannou or Izzy like knocks his head straight off his body. <laughs> But I was kind of hoping the pandemic would be over. <laughs> yeah, nah, we're still... Uh, we're we're in the worst of it. Yeah, yes. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And to make things worse, because I, I think people forget that, like, just because coronavirus came, it doesn't mean that all of the other illnesses and sicknesses just magically left. Like, we're about to be in flu season. We may already be in flu season. I don't know. But, uh... Either way, you know, around this time from like October in the fall, going into the winter, going into early next year is when people start coughing and hoofing and sneezing and it gets it gets kind of nasty out there. Gross. Uh, yeah. With COVID running around. Not a good combination. Not a good combination. Right. But uh, other than that, um, you know, just cool. I'm a few weeks from away from being done with school forever. Hey. So I said that four or five years ago and look where I am now. Um, and that's 
a whole lot of the same. How are you doing, Sensei? Not too bad. Not too bad. Taking it a, a day at a time, you know. Yeah. Trying not to do too much, but still keeping busy. Um, for anybody who wants to keep up with me, I've been pretty active on Twitch, uh, which I actually was going to be. Well, I'm still going to hop on Twitch today. I didn't plan on recording this, but we, we did. But I'll, I'll be on Twitch tonight. But twitch.tv uh, backslash Serial Sensei, wherever that address is, just type in Serial Sensei in Twitch. You'll find me. Been playing a lot of video games. Uh, going going along uh, further in my health journey. Um, I'm finally off one of my medications, which is great. <laughs> Good, yeah. Congrats. Uh, yeah, one. Thank you, thank you. Down, down one medication. Two, two more to go. <laughs> so, you know, keep keeping the health in order. Um, yeah, just taking it one day at a time. I've been keeping myself busy, but like you, was kind of hoping, you know. I didn't think the pandemic would be over by now, but I was hoping that maybe, like, I don't know, I'm just looking for some good news <laughs> in regards to the pandemic. Like, I don't know. I, and I don't even know what good news I was looking for. Just something. Just anything. Something. But hey, since, since we've been gone, Borat 2 has come. Yes. That, to the that world. Is, <laughs> that Bor- has been a thing. It, that, that, that's brought some moments of levity, though. Feels a bit ironic because we just saw uh, a Kazakhstani fighter, you know, get, get some work in today. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about that because I remember back in like 2015, they asked um, Gennady Bufkin about the Borat movie. He was very upset. <laughs> Mind you, they played, I can't remember what Olympic it was. it was. I think it was the 2008 Olympics. Or, or the 2012 games where, like, a Kazakhstani, um, I remember it was like a, a, a boxer or wrestler won. And they played the theme song, uh, the, you know, the national anthem of Kazakhstan, but it was the one from the Borat movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just Jeez. some, like, intern who was just like, I'm going to Google what the national anthem to Kazakhstan is. And they just played the one from the Borat movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man but yeah it's been a it's been an interesting five months man with, with, with everything going on in the world i'm you know still finding ways to stay busy not not get too wrapped up uh real quick before we can dive into the fun um i'll mention this because it's starting in my state in maryland uh monday um for everybody man go out and vote um in maryland voting starts or early voting starts on the 26th. Um, I know in some other states it's like already pretty much going on. Yeah. Um, Sorry, started here. Yeah, I, I encourage everybody get out early. I, I know lines, lines. I don't know how the lines are going to be. I feel like this year it might be different, but we'll see. Yeah, no. I, I, like you, 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 I'm hearing like 11 hour lines and shit. Like it shouldn't yeah. be this difficult. Uh, well. <sighs> We'll see. We'll see. If your if your state has mail in voting or like um like you can get your ballot mailed to your house and drop it off in like one of those bins, uh, I suggest doing it. Um, though I've also seen that people have lit some of them on fire. Yeah, I I was going. I normally do in person voting, and I was thinking of doing the absentee ballot this year. But as much as I don't want to go in person, um, I will be up bright and early on the twenty sixth. Um, our, the closest uh, voting spot to me opens at seven, so I'll be up pretty early that day, and I'm just gonna try to go in and 
hopefully the line isn't crazy. Go in, get it over with. <laughs> and, yeah. you, you know. Try yeah, no. Best of luck. Um, uh, Bring snacks if you got them. A book. Yeah. Portable charger. Might bring my switch. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Might have to bring the switch. Hey, ho- hopefully the local like voting center has Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. But you know, for for those if you, if you got early voting, if it's going on in your state, man, if you know, get out there if you can. Definitely important. I forgot I to sign up to be a poll worker, but apparently I didn't miss much because my next door neighbor, uh, who I think is a member of the NAACP, is like the uh, the vote the election the election uh, commission is like racist as hell, mm. according to her. I was like, I used to work in the same building as those people. <laughs> so I could totally see that. Lord. But, you know. It is, yeah. yeah. We got to make the best of what we got, I guess. that's Somehow that's been like the theme of 2020. We make the best of, of what we got. We do what we can when we can, and, you know. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. But... Not to get all gloom. Uh, as hey, we t- t- today is a joyous day for, um, a, well, a bittersweet day for the people of Kazakhstan. Not Kazakhstan, Dagestan. I can't talk about too many stands, and there's like three in this show. <laughs> yeah, that, this is a day I feel like we all should have. I feel like I should have seen this coming, but like I still wasn't. I thought we would get like one more. One or two more. Same, but like I also saw like somebody because we all know that fighters don't control their own accounts, especially when they're managed by Abdul Aziz, whatever. Um, I've already forgotten his name. I'm my, my brain is like spaghetti right now. Um, Khabib tweeted yesterday. Why is everybody talking about my retirement? Like I'm not going to be here after tomorrow, <laughs> and he's not here anymore. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm I'm assuming um, man his manager didn't know either he didn't know or maybe he knew but he was like yeah he's just saying that you know after he wins and he feels good like he'll be ready to go back and it's like yeah no nah, he he sounded pretty serious <laughs> sounded pretty serious so I guess we can just jump into it man so this is uh. This wasn't one of the fights listed in our post-podcast uh, retirement comeback reasons. It was but, a fight we were both looking forward to. Yeah, but yeah. At the same time, it was a fight we were both looking forward to. And because of the way it ended in the post-fight, um, it felt only right that we had to come back and talk about this. Um, I, I kind of I got that same feeling that I had after Habib and Connor, where I was like, I have to talk. We, we got to talk about this. Can't. Right. Got to do it right now. Can't. Can't wait. Do it right now. It's right after it's over. Um, right. So I, I can't really say this is gonna be a whole UFC 254 breakdown. Hey, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> I said, most of the card was not, not, uh, not, not noteworthy. But like, we could talk about fucking yeah. Volkov and Harris in like two sentences. Like, yeah, we're we're gonna stay pretty much on Habib and Gaethje, and everybody else who deserves mention. We'll give y'all some mention, but you know this. Don't plan on this being a super long episode. Yeah. 
we'll we'll kind of make this an in and out kind of thing. But um, yeah, man, just to <laughs> jump right into it, man. Uh, lightweight championship, UFC 254, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje. Um, like like we both mentioned, a fight that we were both excited for. I think a lot of people were looking forward to this, um, and for good reason. Like it was one of those fights where. As dominant as Habib has been and continued to be, which we'll get to, um, it was still one of those fights where it's just like, I wonder if Gaethje can make this chaotic and wild, and could, could we just see something different, maybe? Right. Like, it, there were just, there were a couple of question marks where it's like, well, if he can, it, it was a lot of ifs, <laughs> like, if he can do this, if he can do X, if he can do Y, this might actually get really, really interesting. Um, so there, there was just a lot of intrigue going into this. Well, and, like, and, uh, sorry to cut you off, but like, it, it was like the small things that Gaethje does that everybody was like super excited for. Like, one of the things um, that Gaethje's known for is coming forward, and um, you know, he he, he is. I had to go all the way back to like the Johnson fight where he is literally using the fence to stand like to, to keep standing as he's throwing like rock'em sock'em robot style like bombs with Johnson. Right. <laughs> um, to the last time I could remember his back being against the fence, which is where like Khabib does like ninety percent of his wrestling. Uh he, he he's not really a guy who like hits a reactive double. Um, he's not really like, and when he dives on like single legs in the middle of the cage, it's normally just a way to like get to the clinch, uh, kind of like how Johnny Hendricks used to do, um, before you know the weight cut took all his youth. But like that, that that was the thing people were excited for. Like Gaethje, one hits hard as shit, and to like is somebody who will not go to the areas that could be wants the fight to take place in. And then the and fight then happened. Fight happened. <laughs> and it, the first round was really, really interesting because I'm like, all right, these are two guys who are notorious for not backing away. Like, right. you watch a Gaethje fight, it's 100%. I'm going for it. I'm just going to smother you. I'm just going to beat you until you can't swing anymore. And Habib is just, I'm going to pressure you until I can wrestle you. And then, like, that's just going to be it. Like, so you, you wanted to see like who who's gonna give away ground. In in the middle of the first not even I ain't gonna say it, even in the middle, when the round starts and I'm seeing Habib be the one put on the pressure, and you're seeing Gaethje have to circle out and walk backwards, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And I wasn't mad at Gaethje. I felt like his first round wasn't terrible. You don't want to rush and do anything crazy. You know if you're rushing against Habib, you might get double-legged, and that's that's not going to be a good time. But it, it was just interesting because we never see Gaethje in this kind of position. He's never the guy that's patiently, like, fighting from the outside, really. Um, and then even there were moments when Habib did, like, kind of try to get in close and maybe just, like, tangle up to work for a takedown, and he didn't get it. I was like, okay, all right, which way is this fight going to go? Like, Habib is putting pressure. He's landing some really good shots. But there was a part of me that still felt like Gaethje can still make something happen. He's looking a little wild in the first round. Punch is looking a little loopy. But I'm like, at this crazy pace, I, I 
Gaethje's the one guy who will, like, in a crazy pace like this, I'm like, he can still make something happen. And then, <laughs> I don't, I guess I wanted to believe that, like, all right, Gaethje's going to make something. He's going to figure this out. But um, the more I see Habib just start landing some jabs, he's eating some leg kicks, but he's keeping this pressure on. And the more and more I'm watching Gaethje have to circle out and he's fighting backwards, and I'm like, this is not looking like a Gaethje fight. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Do you remember the last time we ever saw Justin Gaethje, like, move backwards for more than, like, a step? Right. Like, Gaethje doesn't move backwards unless he, like, gets tagged really hard and has to stumble back. Like, <laughs> I can't think of – and even then, he doesn't really – well, yeah, even then, he doesn't really do it. He'll still, you know – we just going to throw until one of us dies. Yeah, I, I can't. Even back in, like, his World Series of fighting days, I can't really think of a time where he's ever fought like this. And part of me, part of me wanted to say, like, maybe it's smart. Because, part of it, part of me thought it was smart because you're fighting a dude like Habib. Some of the stuff you get away with against other fighters probably isn't going to work. Either won't work against him or it could get you put in some really bad spots because of how good his takedowns are. But then another part of me was like, what kind of makes you special is the way that you fight. And I feel like if Habib is able to, if he's able to make you deviate from what you normally do, that's probably not a good thing. Right. And I, I feel like, um, I know if we talked about, do, were we still recording for like Tony versus Gaethje? Was that like the, our, one of our posts? I think so. I think that was one of the last ones we did. I think that was like actually our retirement one. And I don't remember if I brought up this point then, but I've been thinking about it ever since I knew this fight was going to be made. Um, like, we've seen Gaethje become more of like an out, like, counter puncher, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, that was how he beat Tony. That's kind of how he beat uh, Cowboy. It wasn't really pressure so much as it was just like, I'm on the outside, and then I wait for you to throw something, and then all of a sudden I'm on the inside, and I'm throwing bombs. Mm. Um, and I was like, that's, that's, that's a good approach for Tony Ferguson. Cause you know, a, a war of attrition with Tony Ferguson is not something like you want to gamble on. Right. That's not really how you're going to beat Khabib. I mean, it's not, it's, that's not to say it's not like a possibility. I could totally see somebody like just being able to pick like, or at least I could before this fight, like being like, okay, um, stay off the fence, but like, you know, pivot. Uh, cut corner, like cut angles, uh, cut uh, like um, you know when he tries to close distance, come in with that uppercut or something like big to the body, and you know pivot out or like close distance and escape. Um, <clears throat> but like that's not how I would advise Justin Gaethje to beat Khabib. You know what I mean? Like we we obviously we didn't talk about it, but like the the um. This reminds me a lot of the fight we had last month between Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa, <laughs> where Paulo Costa just outfought, like, for whatever reason, he decided in the championship fight against the best striker in the sport, he was like, you know what? I'm going to think. I'm going to... And he fought himself out of the fight. This feels like 
like, and there's every chance that Gaethje went back to the style he had for like Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, and like during his all World Series of Fighting run, and he just gets taken down instantly. But like, this wasn't the fight. The smart. This wasn't the fight. The uh, the the fight smart to me. This was like, yeah, no, dude, like, dude, he, he he put him on the back foot and just keep throwing at him until yeah, he like, because on the other hand, we've never, we don't really see Habib that often be the guy who has to be forced to back up. So it could have been interesting had Gaethje came out and just been like, you know what, to hell with it, like, right, I'm just, I'm just, good. if I get taken down, I get taken down, like it is what it is, but I'm finna come out swinging. Like the only people I can remember making like Khabib go backwards are RDA and Al Al Quinta, but Al was because Khabib has spent like two rounds just tiring the crap out of himself, like going ham, and he realized that oh Al's really slow. I can just jab at him from like three feet away, and he can't touch me. And with RDA, it was just a quicker way to get RDA to the fence because he could just like shoot on him, turn him around, and push him there because he was stronger than him. But like Gaethje, like Ga- Gaethje has like an actual body attack. Like he gets underneath his opponent. Like, that's one of the things that makes him so dangerous. Like he gets underneath you and just like breaks you down. Um, and like especially with those kicks, like the uh. Whitman was in the corner calling for them, and he, rightly so, because, like, that's the only way you're going to take somebody off the front foot. You just kick their foot up from underneath them. But, um, like, those are a lot easier to get when you're moving forward, you know? As I'm re-watching this, he looked... I don't want to... I'm trying to think of the, the word to use. I'm not going to say... He, I don't know if it's overwhelmed, but... He looks like he's thinking. Yeah, he he... Which is not how Justin Gaethje's supposed to look. Yeah, he he doesn't look as... I don't think he's rattled, but he he just looks like, oh, snap, like, this dude's really in my face. Like, like <laughs> Yeah, like he, like, he is fighting like somebody... Like, he's fighting like Edson Barbosa. Like, that's what that reminded me of. Like, okay, I can't be back against the fence. Oh, he's coming forward. Oh, I'm going to just fucking jet, like... Like, there was one sequence that I thought was actually really cool where, like, could be went for, like, a flying knee and, um, like, Gaethje kind of just spun out of it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> but, like, there were other parts of the fight where Gaethje just, like, literally just turns tail and, like, I'm, coming, I'm running back to the center. And, you know what? That That's smart for, like, one or two times. But, like, if he's getting you up to that speed where you have to just, like, turn and, like, run, like, that's not... That's not a position you want to be in because that that just shows him that oh, I'm I'm fighting at a pace that he can't match and this is his only way to escape. He looks almost uncomfortable, like he's not even having like a second to kind of process what's happening. Which I feel like in a Gaethje fight, like he would still thrive in that because the man just kind of goes wild at points but like outside of these leg kicks that he's landing which were really good leg kicks um and like he landed some hard shots but it was like no matter what he did like habib was pretty much right back in his face and i feel like what makes what made this fight look different than any other gaethje fight is even against guys like poirier like alvarez like they'll they'll back him up with a shot but he's returning fire like immediately like right 
he'll he'll hold the center still. You might push him back for a second or two, but he's going to get the center back, and he's just going to start throwing. You it, I, so, like, I, I don't know if you caught any of the boxing matches last night, um, but Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez fought last night, right? Hmm. And I, um, I, I was watching his fight. I'm like, more fighters should fight like him. Because he he's an undersized one fifteen pounder, which sounds hilarious when I say it out loud. Um, but he just exhausts guys who are just way bigger than him and hit way harder than him by staying on the center line and just coming forward and like being secure in the pocket, like he keeps it tight. And basically did what Khabib basically does what Roman uh, like Gonzalez does. He just stayed on the center line and kept coming forward. Mm-hmm. It was like, and when he got tagged, he played it off like it was nothing because like th- people like have this tendency with like big punchers, um, especially like, aggressive ones like Gaethje, where they're like, okay, I have to be on the outside at all times or else I'm going to be in like punching range. It's like, no, you want them swinging. You want them swinging. And you want them to either miss or hit you at an angle where, like, it, it, it lands, but, like, it doesn't land clean. Like, it hits off the shoulder or hits the top, like, the temple, like, where, like, your head's the hardest. And you want them to, like, land or, like, miss and see you take it and still come forward because that's tiring. It's demoralizing. Like, by the second round of that fight, Gaethje looks like he's, like, just has no idea what to do. The moment I knew this fight was over <laughs> was in the first round when Habib went for like the armbar. Oh yeah. I said, "Oh no." Oh, he's just <laughs> like even though he didn't land it, I said this man just went for a submission and it wasn't a choke. This man went for an armbar. And I don't know why that blew my mind, but I was like, "Oh no, he's a uh, yeah, this this might be <laughs> you're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> like he's not just gonna take you down and beat you up, like, bro. He's actually legit. Cause normally he just takes dudes down. And he just beats the life out of them. But for some reason, when I saw him go for that submission, I was like, we don't really see that that often. Mm-mm. And it's yeah. not like Gaethje can really. I mean, he 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 threw it off a couple of takedowns, but you saw towards the end of the first, like Habib ended up getting one, and then of course he got that beautiful one in the second round. And it's like, bro, if he's feeling this good about himself that he Habib of all people is throwing up, he's going for arm bars, bro. You better figure something out really quick because this this is gonna get ugly. Um, like the only other time I've actually seen Khabib fight like this was actually against Edson Barboza, where he just refused. Like he just saw how fast Edson Barboza was running away from him, and he was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna run really fast at him, and he'll break." But it worked on Justin Gaethje. That's the part that I just get, keep getting caught up on. Well, he went from the takedown, took his back, dragged him down. It, Jesus Christ, man! The best grappler the sport's ever seen. Like, yeah, his 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 takedowns are just the set, bro. He <laughs> this sequence is what he really threw up a triangle on this man. He like, <laughs> hit a topside triangle in a UFC title fight. Bro. How is he not the greatest grappler in the history of the sport? <laughs> when I saw his legs go up, I said, oh, this is over. Y'all got Habib out here looking like Damian Maya now. It's it's a wrap. 
It's a wrap. Y'all better be glad this man decided to retire. Like, as dominant as he already was, he, he was think... he's getting better. Like, he's, there's more tools in the shed. I'm that... trying to remember which fight it was, because I think I've seen him hit this before. No, I must be misremembering, because I remember seeing him go for like a topside triangle at one point. I don't remember if it was like pre-UFC or not. This is wild. Bro, like, yeah, it's not really a, a lot to say about this fight other than you're just kind of in awe of, like, you, you how, would, how much better could be this than literally everyone else in yeah. the division? And we're talking about the lightweight division, like, the best division. The best division. <laughs> not just in the UFC, but probably, like, the entire in sport. Like, you know the you know the lightweight division's good because there's, like, literally a fighter in, like, every promotion in the world that could come into the UFC and, like, instantly be, like, a top 15 f- content, right. like, fighter. And this guy is head and toes above everybody. Yeah. And he makes it look incredibly easy. Um, man... Yeah, it's, it's not it's not much to say about the fight other than that. That was a championship performance, bro. Like that, that was crazy to watch. Like that was just crazy to watch. Um, versus Wild, you just you just go to Habib's. Uh, just just look at his records. Pull it up on Wiki. Win, 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 <laughs> win. Just win after win after win. And then when, like, you actually look at the fights, especially, you know, just, just starting in the UFC ones, outside of the, uh, the Glacian-Tibau fight, these weren't really close. Like, no, these were wipeouts. But, like, he's arguably only ever lost one round in the, his entire run in the UFC. Oh, Tiago, what, what did Tiago Tavares test positive for? Is Drew Stallone a, a steroid? It didn't work. <laughs> I'm just, just looking it at it. Didn't, didn't work. Didn't help. Yeah, outside of the Tibau fight, none of these fights were close. These were all just complete wipeouts. Like, he might have maybe gotten tagged here or there, but the overall scope of the fight was you lost. And he made you look really pedestrian. Um... So, I guess, you know, to, to further the conversation after the fight, um, he announces that this was his last, this is his last, uh, this will be his last go around, his last fight, his last time in this UFC octagon. Um, sounded pretty sincere, you know, saying that he, he promised his mom that, um, and, you know, if he said that was his word, he's got to stick by his word. So, assuming that, this is the last we see of him. I, I think it, I, I, it's different. Like he, he's yeah. so different from like every other fighter. Like I, and like he, his relationship with like his dad and like it, it just seems like I don't believe he's coming back. Like, yeah, he, I, I, I honestly think that's the last we, we'll see of him in uh, the cage. Com- yeah, com- compared to a lot of other fighters, I don't think he really cares to play the game quote-unquote like he kind of just he he does things on his own terms and yeah he 
I, I, yeah, I kind of get the sense too that yeah, he's he's serious about this. Like he, and it's not like the retirement talk was far fetched. Like we've heard this before. Like there were rumors pretty much that like he was only going to give us about two or three more maybe, and that that was yeah, probably yeah, like, it. Yeah, his dad was even talking about like the goal was to get to thirty and zero. Um, by the time he was like thirty, like he wanted him done by like the time he was like thirty or thirty one. Like, mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise um, yeah. at all. It it wasn't a surprise, but at the same time, when he did, I was like, "Oh no!" Like he's <laughs> he's he's actually leaving for real. Like he's actually leaving for real. Um, so you know, looking at his record, man, just looking at the totality of his career, uh, twenty nine and zero. Um, I'll I'll just read off these UFC wins real quick. Um, Kamal Shalarus, Gleason Tibau, Tiago Tavares, Abel Trujillo, Pat Haley, uh, RDA, Daryl Horcher, Michael Johnson, Essa Barboza, Act Barboza, Ally Quinta, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, and now Justin Gaethje. Um, unfortunately, we never got a Tony Ferguson fight, but, uh, you know. So, like, <laughs> just using the UFC's own rankings and, like, I think Khabib has, like, eight top ten wins, um, and, like, four top five wins like so you have rda you got mcgregor uh poirier now gaethje um and jonathan who's in the top 10 when they fought um who am i missing uh healy was like healy was number 10 barboza was like in the top 10 who was that I was gonna say, was was I Quinta? He was he was ranked, wasn't he? I I Quinta was ranked, but like it was it was also like one of those things where he's like, uh, why is I Quinta ranked? <laughs> so at the point it was Diego Sanchez. Uh, he hasn't fought anybody else in like three years, but he was ranked. It was really weird. Oh, he fought Magomed Magomedov in his second fight ever. Matter of fact, the only reason they fought was because they couldn't get Michael Chiesa a title shot because, for whatever reason, I Quinta was the one who was ranked. Mm. That was so, that was one of the times we were supposed to get Ferguson um Khabib. Yeah, one of the five <laughs> times we should have gotten that fight. But the two the two questions, I guess, and obviously, man, we're doing this off of the high of the fight. Like we literally recording this like right after this pay per view yeah. just ended. Um, but the two questions, I think, you know, that will be the discussion for for years to come, assuming that. You know, he was serious and that we won't see him fight again. Um, is he, I, I guess I'll ask, is he the greatest lightweight of all time? Unquestionably. Where does he fall on, in the GOAT conversation? Uh, he is unquestionably the greatest lightweight of all time. I'm going to give him greatest grappler of all time. Probably the best wrestler of all time, but I can't give him that title just because, like, uh, he hasn't fought like a whole bunch. Like for whatever reason, this era of like lightweights doesn't have like a lot of great like top wrestlers. Um, so I can't give him like best wrestler, but I can get, I can give him best grappler. Um, and all time, like <sighs> I top five, top ten. Like it, it's so like Khabib has like. He has those like two or three years where he just wasn't fighting anybody, and he had to like fight Daryl Horcher and Ally Quinta just because like he was hurt all the time, and then like the Ferguson stuff, and it's just like there were a lot of great fights he, we missed out on. Um, is what I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, 
And then, like, for, like there was that, there's that what period where, like, Lightweight just lost, like, all its great fighters. Well, it didn't lose them all at once, but, like, we were losing, like, every other month. Like, Frankie Edgar was dropping down to Featherweight. RDA moved up to 170. Uh, Gilbert Melendez imploded. Eddie Alvarez, like, uh, Eddie Alvarez left. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it, it, I think it was a run of guys that he could have beat. But it would have been nice to just see it. Yeah. Just to, like, officially have those names under his belt. But, like, I have this, assuming that Wiki is right. <laughs> Takes it with a grain of salt. But this, uh, this seems pretty accurate. Um, So starting with, you know. Like, yeah. Well, well, I was going to say, for well, me, is he the greatest lightweight of all time? Um, I'm going to have to say yes, basically looking at these names. So I'm I'm going to name <laughs> these other champions and, I guess, interim champions. And these are pretty much all people that I'm sure Habib can beat or already has beat. Uh, Jens Pulver, yes. Uh, Sean Shirt, absolutely. BJ Penn, at, at one point we all love BJ Penn. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he's getting BJ out of here. Frankie Edgar, sorry Frankie. Benson Henderson, pains me to say it because Bendo's like my all-time, one of my all-time favorites. Um... Sorry, Bendo. Might uh, might have been a rough one for you. Anthony Pettis, no doubt. He's get with that takedown defense. <laughs> that, that, that would have made RDA versus Pettis look competitive. Yeah, <laughs> with that takedown defense, he would have mauled Anthony Pettis. Um, and then the rest: RDA, Eddie Alvarez, Conor McGregor, uh, Tony Ferguson, because he was an interim. You know. Point being. He, yeah, he probably would have beat pretty much everybody I just named. Aside from the people that I named that he already beat. But, um, yeah, greatest lightweight of all time. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to. And there, and that's saying something, man, because there are a lot of great. Like, all these people I named, you know, in their proms were, like, great. Like, really, 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 really good. But. I think Habib really does just stand head and shoulders above even that pile. Like among amongst the gods, like he's kind of still in his own. He's still like in his own. He's on his own pedestal. Um, the goat conversation. Um, I, in all sports, I'm kind of getting tired of the goat convo. Um. Because I feel like there's no really one definitive GOAT, really. Like, I, I have favorites. Like, I think we all have favorite fighters. And that's cool. Like, if you have a number one favorite fighter of all time. But to I can't really say anybody's a definitive GOAT. That's kind of a conversation that, I guess, as I'm getting older, I'm kind of, kind of straying away from that. Um, Shout-outs to... Um, uh, Camille of the Technical File Podcast. I kind of like what she says about GOAT convos. That if you're going to do GOAT convos, it's not really so much a singular person. It should be tears. Right. right. And I, I think that's, if we're going to do GOAT convos, that would be the way to do it. It would be tears. Um, and if there were tears, then I could see somebody giving Habib like, all right, you he might be in that upper echelon tier or maybe just below it because he 
didn't stick around longer, but I'm not going to argue either way. That's for y'all to have fun with. Um, I'll just say, like I said, I stay away from the GOAT convo, but I'll say when you mention all-time MMA greats, you will, you will at some point have to bring his name up. Where it goes on your list, that's up to you. But point being, you will have to bring his name up. Um, and I will say he's probably the most, maybe not the most, but one of the most, probably like top two or three, like most dominant fighters I think I've ever seen. Um, and I'm not just talking about just his championship fight. I'm just talking about overall, like the way he makes really great elite fighters look extremely pedestrian. And he's now done that for 29 fights <laughs> and has <laughs> 29 fights in a row and hasn't come close outside of the Gleason Timbaugh fight, <laughs> maybe to losing one. We're not going to see something like this either in a long time or maybe ever. You're not going to see, like we mentioned earlier, like none of these, these fights weren't close, man. He was wiping dudes out, like dudes that were really, really good. And he was just obliterating them. Um, we won't see something like this, especially in a division this deep with talent. Like you're not going to see this again. Um, so yeah, he, he is an all time great where he falls on that list. I'm not sure. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm staying away from that combo. It gets nasty. It gets, it's fun to have, but after a while it just gets, eh, just, the man's great. He's, he's an all time great and just appreciate what he did as a fan of the sport. Um, that's, that's how I'm taking it. Um, but I'm at a phenomenal career um, from from top to bottom, like legit flawless career. 29 wins and no losses. And none of these fights were really close. <laughs> so, yeah. Do, do it make all-time great fighters look like they've never done this before? Like, and like he, he never even, even like a lot of the all-time greats, even if they did go on like these crazy win streaks, they might have at least had like a moment or two where you were scared for a second because maybe they got uh there was at least one moment in a fight where they got seriously hurt and you were like, oh man, like he might actually, you know, he never had one of those moments. There was never a moment in his career while watching. I was like, oh snap, he had, he might actually lose. Never happened. Never e- even moments when he got tagged, which. That was still a rarity in in and of itself, but yeah, like, no, man. This, this dude is he he's diff- He was different. He's different. Yeah, like uh, uh like I'm thinking of, like all the other like all time greats. Like obviously, like the the only other comparison I guess is Jones because Jones like the only fight Jones has lost is because, funnily enough, it was Jones who lost the fight for himself when he hit him with a downward elbow. Yeah. With the um, I'm sorry, the twelve to six elbow, um, and even then, like me and you have been on here and talked about how we thought Jones lost to Santos and Jones lost to Reyes, and like where Jones' bad performances, like there there are a lot of Jones fights where people like really thought he lost, like. I, and Khabib, like, I guess the closest you can get is T-Bow, but, like, T-Bow didn't even throw anything. He just managed to stop being taken down. Right. <laughs> but, like, 
people argue that Jones lost the first Gus fight, that he lost, like, the Santos and the Reyes fights, and, like, he's had some, like, lackluster performances, but, like, Khabib's had some, like, boring fights, but they've never been, like, oh, he's, like, struggling with, so like, it's just, like, oh, he's just so much better than the other guy. Right. And it's and, and like he's just picking at his food, so I don't know. Yeah, I, as I'm, where I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tie this back to Kobe. I felt like after, and it, I'm gonna try to bring this back in a full bow. We're going from MMA to Kobe, but <laughs> I feel like like after Kobe passed, it really drilled the point home to me about the goat convo that we should kind of just appreciate kind of what we're seeing. Yeah. Because a lot of these athletes, across all sports, man, you don't get this... They make it look really easy on TV. I think some of us don't really understand, like, how special it is. And we're going to miss them when they're not here. Like, we're not going to see 29-0 and and lightweight. We're never going to see that again. That's... <laughs> that's... That's not happening again. Islam Akachev was our best shot, and he got knocked out by Adriano <laughs> Right? Like, this is not, we're not going to see this again. Like, so we, we really got to learn to appreciate. And I, I will say, I, I think for the most part, um, I think a lot of people did, for the most part, appreciate Habib. Dude, he was a huge star. Like, yeah, obviously like, in Russia and Dagestan, but like here as well, just because of like the whole all the Conor McGregor stuff. But like that 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 dude is on like one of the top three or four stars in the UFC. Like yeah. right behind Jones and a ways away from like McGregor, but like he is a superstar. Yeah, like he he's one of those guys that even today, like even people who are who. I know who don't follow MMA that closely, like, they were looking forward to this fight and were happy that he won. So, like, back in, like, the 80s, one of the things that promoters used to do, and they still do it today, but it's less effective because uh, boxing is not as hot, um, like, all around, uh, is that they would just go to, like, uh, Eastern Europe and pull somebody. You know what I mean? They just find, like, they just find somebody with undefeated record and they market him as, like, this undefeated foreigner. I used to do that from like for dudes from like South America or like Eastern Europe or whatever. Um, it, 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 a lot of it was like based on like that Rocky movie, uh, mm. with Drago. Um, but like, Khabib is that guy. Mm -hmm. Like he is Ivan Drago. Like he is the 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 Russian dude, the undefeated Russian dude who is just like a physical specimen. Just straight up made in a lab. It's <laughs> funny because he was in the mountains. After every Habib fight, every single person he fights says, "Yo, that guy's strong." Like, <laughs> like they all the thing, like, like it's like it's it's a wrestling strength. It's not like I've yeah. seen him like I, I've seen him try to do like um like weights and stuff like in in tra like uh trying to lift weights like uh um crap what's the one. Uh, not deadlifts. Well, I see him do deadlifts too, but like he's not out here like lifting like twice his body weight. Yeah, that that I, uh, I think it's one of those things. Like if you know wrestling, like 
dudes that wrestled, even people that just wrestled in like high school, like it's a they have a different kind of because of the grind of like just the sport in general. Like you, you got to be just built different to kind of wrestle, let alone be that good at it. So, yeah, like Thank those you. dudes have like an extra layer of strength that just everybody else doesn't. It's a, it's a functional strength. Like it is like okay, I can only lift like three hundred pounds, but I know enough about like body positioning and like weight distribution that I can make it feel like there's a 500 pound man on top of you. Right. And like, and I, like he has such a, like, I'm sure his like grip strength is ridiculous. Cause I remember seeing like a, um, a photo somebody had taken of him, like diving in on a single leg on McGregor mm. and like gripping his ankle. And like, you could see him just like, you could see like the indents on like where his grip were, and it was just like, oh, okay, you're about uh, like if that was a glass bottle, like you would have snapped it open. Right. <laughs> uh, like I'm sure he has like that type of like crazy strength, but like the the dude is not the the dude like he's just built tough and built different. Like that's basically it. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I and you know obviously like a lot of that's due to like his dad just building like a perfect wrestling system for MMA. Mm. Yeah, I, I it's going to be sad with him not here cuz like we mentioned earlier, even though I think he would win a lot of these matchups, I I still just think I like like there were still interesting fights I wanted to see him in and you know, we're not you know, apparently not going to get those now. But um for what we did get, um I I really enjoyed watching him fight. I'm not like a super Habib fan, but I just I like seeing people when they're just like that dominant. Like like you we just want to see like is this gonna be the fight where they lose? Is this gonna be the fight where they lose? And it's like oh no he's not losing anytime soon. And it's not even like a hate thing. Like you just kind of like you just think at some point like all right he can't do this forever can he? Like <laughs> like somebody's gonna catch him right? Like he, he's like he's gonna have an off night or. But no, no uh, off nights, no. Dude. Like, consistency is the hardest part about combat sports, man. Like, there's so many different styles and so many, di- like, and so many things that can go wrong. Like, I, I uh, <clears throat> one of the things Matt Brown said about uh, Wonder Boy before he fought Wonder Boy and took his uh, zero away from him was that, like, people were, like, knocking out, like, uh, Stephen Thompson had like a fifty-six and zero like kickboxing record, but it was all it was all in like southeastern United States, where it's just like, oh, I fought the dude who trains at the CKO kickboxing gym. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I, I think Matt Brown put it perfectly. He's like, yeah, he, but like, here's the thing: he he, he could have fought fifty-six bums, but he fought fifty-six grown men, and you know, he he could have gone out there and twisted an ankle. Could have gone out there and got cut off a headbutt, and the ref called it a punch. Could have gone out there like sick, and he still managed to come back fifty-six times, the winner. And that says something about you. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it doesn't say you're the best in the world, but it says you're consistent. And it says you're dependable, and it, it, it shows a level of something in you, right? That you can carry forward. That you, you you wake up every day and you you take this seriously. Like, yes, like yeah, 
you know, like a level of professionalism and um, just like consi- like consistency. And Khabib was able to do that, but at the highest levels of the sport. And once again, mentioning for the umpteenth time, at the highest level in the most talent-rich division, he, he did that. And it showed. It showed in every fight. Um, so yeah, man, if, if this truly is the last time we see him, um, congrats on the career, man. Just amazing career. Like I said, we're never going to probably ever see something like this again. Like, uh, yeah, like, as we move farther along with this sport, like, think, like, it's so hard to find things that are unique in people. Um, like, boxing's been around for, like, a hundred and whatever years. Like, uh, like the, uh, you know, glove boxing. Mm. Um, and everything we, like, and obviously there's, like, always ways to innovate, but, like, the, the the new shiny thing that comes along happens in such, like, small increments that we don't always tend to, like, focus in on it and or... or we, we don't tend to see the wider picture. You know what right. I mean? Because like, everything's been done before and by. Like, eventually, in MMA, we're going to get to that point where, like, Anderson Silva's just a name. Um, Anderson Silva, who's retiring next week, by the way. Um, like, we're guys like GSP... And John Jones and Demetrius, they're just going to be names. And, like, there'll be names that we would, like, that are weighed against, like, the whoever the future stars are. Mm. But, like, like, so, like, take the time now to appreciate this, because this is special. That yeah. was, like, could be, could be special. Like, truly, genuinely special. And you know what? As sad as it it is, kind of to see him go, because I, I would love to just see him keep fighting until he can't anymore. Um, but for one, I'm I'm always for guys retiring just on their own merit, on the strength of their own word, um, kind of just doing things their way. But I also like that, you know. <laughs> speaking of Anderson Silva, and uh, a spoiler alert: we won't come out of retirement for that. I love you, Anderson, but it's. You know, what, what if he KOs Uriah Hall with the same kick they used on Vitor Belfort? <laughs> I might give you a Twitter thread. <laughs> maybe maybe a long for Twitter thread. <laughs> I don't know. But uh yeah, I don't know if we're doing an episode for that. That would be crazy though. <laughs> but oh man, I just mean, I don't even remember what my whole point was anymore. <laughs> the point being, um yeah, like you said, man, just appreciate uh appreciate these guys while they're around. Um because yeah. we we we're not you don't get to see this high-caliber athlete, somebody this dominant that often. So you got to appreciate it. Uh, you got to appreciate it when you can get it. Um, but congrats to Habib, man. Um, you know, best of luck in the post-retirement life. I'm, I'm sure he'll be just fine. I don't think he's uh, he's not one of these guys struggling for money. I'm pretty sure post-fight life will treat him well. Um, and if, if nothing else, as sad as it is to see him go, um, UFC just throwing this out there. Um, you talk about uh, a time to do a tournament. This, this is this, this is the time. They're not gonna do a tournament. They won't. But I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's it's funny you mentioned that because like all five of the current top five, um, 
are coming off of losses in lightweight. Uh, the only one who's coming off a win is like Conor McGregor, but he fought Donald Cerrone at 170. Um, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, uh, both lost to Khabib. Uh, and Conor lost to Khabib at 155. Tony Ferguson lost to Gaethje. And Dan Hooker, who's at number five, lost to Dustin Poirier. They're all coming off of losses. Um, I imagine they're just going to make Poirier uh, McGregor too title fight, right? No, in the UFC, they probably will. I, I'm i curious if they're like, you know what? We're not going to give McGregor that. We're going to make a title fight between uh, either Justin Gaethje uh, or between like Michael Chandler, who they were going to give a title fight to anyway, if either um, Gaethje or Khabib had pulled out today. And, um, you know, whoever, like Whoever's available, I guess. I mean, like, I, when when is um when is Poirier McGregor? January. I mean, to be honest, I if you're not going to do a tournament, which like you said, they probably won't. Um, I guess make Poirier um McGregor the title fight, and just let Chandler fight the winner. I, I say, I say we get. Uh, Chandler in there against Dobronx, the highest mm. ranked fighter with coming off a win. Mm. <laughs> and then we just let them fight for the title. Alright, man. Hey. Either way. Either way, I'd be well, I'd be happier if Dobronx won than if Chandler won, but it'd be funny to have two former Bellator lightweight champions be UFC lightweight champions. Yeah, that, uh, and that's why I'm rooting for Chandler. Um, even though I, I never thought of that new Bronx idea, but that, that's not bad. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for Chandler, though, man. I want Chandler to do well because I'm going to continue to push my agenda. It's not really an agenda. It's pretty much fact that fighters outside of the UFC are just as good as UFC guys. Not if all. If Chandler becomes UFC champion, I'm going to hang that over everyone's head for the rest of the time. <laughs> the only comment we've ever gotten on one of our YouTube videos was that one guy who said Chandler wasn't UFC quality. <laughs> hey, sir. You're going to learn today. One of these days. When Michael Chandler knocks out Bronx after surviving <laughs> four minutes in then like an inverted triangle, you're going to learn. Oh, like, so... Can we talk about like I know we have like we're not gonna talk about the rest of the card obviously. Can we talk about Chandler really quick? Cause... Yeah. So Michael Chandler is like if Khabib was like five six, and had to throw like as hard as he could with every punch because he's five six, <laughs> and that's the only way he can keep people off of him. So like he fights at like a hundred miles per hour, and when he doesn't, he gets knocked out. Like. He did against Will Brooks, and oh my God! So like, my 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 thought process is, we're in we're gonna see some like high speed crashes for Chandler. Yeah, because like he's like he's small. Like he might not actually be five six. He might be like five eight. But like he fights like he doesn't look it. He looks small. He looks like, like, he like a forty five. He look he is a forty five. Yeah. The problem is Bellator doesn't have, like, the depth to, like, force guys to move down. Because, like, oh, I lost to this dude who's slightly bigger than me. But, like, there's a bunch of dudes who are, like, around my size at 145. So I could just get, like, two wins and get right back into title contention. It's like, yeah, 
You know what I mean? So it's like there was never an incentive. So like I'm interested to see Chandler like go out there, win a round, and then get instantly knocked out in the second round because he can't rest because he's so short. <laughs> it's so hittable at range. <laughs> so like like I, I joked about the Bronx versus Chandler. I could totally see Chandler just beating the crap out of him for a round. And then the next round being so tired that the Bronx knocks him out with like a head kick. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we'll we'll see. But with with the beef gone, you know, we're, we're gonna get a chance to see a lot more guys, um, like have legit shots at winning. Because with Habib up there, it's like, yeah, you made it to the title fight, but this this is kind of where the train stops for you. Um, <laughs> so. Habib kind of freed up some space now. We're gonna—I think we'll get to see some a variety of contenders and challengers and champions. Like it, it's gonna be interesting because like 155 and 170 especially are such dense divisions that like and we're, we've been here like we you hear about it like behind the scenes where like guys are just struggling to break into the top 15 because none of those guys want to fight one another. Mm. Or, or want to fight anybody without a ranking or don't want to fight guys who have rankings below theirs because they're like, well, I'm number seven. Why do I want to fight the number 12 guys? That's not going to move me closer to a title fight. Right. Um, so, like, it, it's that uh, without a champion in the picture, maybe, like, that forces guys to be like, okay, I have to really show out if I want um, a shot at the title um, or I have to show out if I want a shot at McGregor, who's probably going to be champion, if we're honest, because he's probably going to knock out Poirier again. Um, like you, you really got to put your stamp on it. You you can't just rely on like um that number when when everything's wide open like that. Um, no, I, whoever the next champion is, I hope they're like more active. Cause like I get why Khabib wasn't more active this year. Pandemic, um, father died. Yeah, a lot lot going on this year. Yeah, but, like, even historically, he's, like, a guy who fights, like, once a year just because he's, like, always hurt. Um, him, Tony, um, McGregor is just, like, that's just how he gets paid. Like, I'm going to sit out for, like, 16 months, and then you'll be, like, I need, we need you to get our, like, uh, our, our Q4 up. Right. So the investors keep investing in us or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, it's, like. Yeah, I I hope whoever's the lightweight champion in the near future like just fucking like takes the the belt and just runs. Though I think we're gonna get a bit of round robin for to be honest for a little bit. So real quick before we close this card out, um, re- what are your I guess realistic expectations for Michael Chandler? Because they did give him a little piece during this uh, event. Uh, they had him do a little interview or whatever. They cut him a little promo. It's funny um, that they, they, they called him a three-time world champion, but they didn't mention that he fought for Bellator. <laughs> <laughs> they, they never will. They, yeah. They, so, they, they treat so, Bellator's name like the boogeyman or something. Like. So, so did you catch it? Um, Dan, Daniel Cormier was introducing Michael Chandler, and he was like, you just beat a former UFC champion and didn't bother to mention his name. But John Anik hopped in and was like, yeah, you just beat Ben Henderson. And I was like, Mm-mm. I wonder if they met, they told him not to mention that guy's name. Probably Just because he fights for like Bellator right now. Yeah, probably it's like it's like a gang affiliation. Um, but my expectations for Chandler, I don't expect him. 
I'm expecting them to go like 500. Um, like depend. Like I don't know what they signed them for. Like I, I think I, I think it was like a pretty good amount. Um, so they're going to give them someone tough, someone up the ladder. Um, of all the guys in the top five, his best shot is probably like, you know, I'm gonna say Dustin Poirier, because I think Dustin Poirier is a guy who he can force to wrestle with him. Mm. Um, like. He's just maybe maybe Tony Ferguson, um, but like I, I feel like to, like anybody who's long is just gonna give him trouble. I was just I was picturing in my head like what is a Chandler versus Dan Hooker? <laughs> like like what does that look like? Yeah, like <clears throat> I I can imagine like I, the thing is I can imagine Chandler being successful, but like, I can't imagine being successful for like three to five rounds. Cause like we know Hooker is tough as shit. We just saw him. We seen him like go to war with Edson Barbosa, and we just saw him go five rounds with Dustin Poirier. But like, I, I don't like. I, I know Chandler hits really hard, but like I don't see him knock him out. And like in a five round fight, I can see him trying to close the distance in like round four, and Dan Hooker just cracks him with something down the middle and knocks him out. Like that's. Like it's really just gonna be like, cause he's not, he's not good at fighting dudes who are bigger than him, like longer than him. And and his answer to doing that is just like turning up the pressure and turning up like the you know, the, the, the 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 pace. But like he can't, I I guess the highest levels of this division, I don't think that's like a winning strategy unless you're in like a three round fight. Um. So I think he can be. I I think he could be a top ten lightweight. But if they're going to book him, like how they paid him, I imagine he's going to get knocked down his next fight. Uh, it brings me no joy to say that. Like I, I hope, I hope he does well. I, I hope he proves that you know there's a wealth of talent outside the UFC. Um, you don't need like a, a promotions brand is not conducive to like what you do as a good fighter. Right, but. <clears throat> Like I, I can, I, I see all those fights be hard for him. Yeah, um, it's really I, hard for I me to. to... Him, I keep calling him short. I want to know how tall he actually is. Hold on. He's got to be like five. Because I think Patricio Pip, he's five eight. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, I'm five eight. He's not taller than me. <laughs> There's no way he's taller. Than... Maybe it's just like the way he fights, like his stance. Cause I feel like he fights little. Like he, I don't know. He, he does get pretty low. Cause like I'm remembering his fight with like um Brooks, and Brooks just like from the outside just made his life a living hell. And Brooks was like not super tall, or was he? Brooks super is probably tall? like five, no. Brooks is probably like five nine. Yeah, like dude just he's five ten. He he made right. like. I remember them like I remember that fight being like, why does he look so much taller than him? I I don't know if it's just the fact that like um maybe it's like an arm thing like you know Chandler has like short like range or whatever but yeah, like he, he has short arms he, and he he doesn't like stand upright really when he fights like he's he keeps like a low center of gravity so I don't know maybe yeah. we're deceived by that but he just he just looks little. But, uh, and like he fights, I think the other thing is like, I'm always used to him just exploding into everything, right. just like overhead, like 
there's no like range weapons for him. Like I, I think he's added a jab. Um, if I'm remembering the Bendo fight correctly, the, the second one. Mm. Like, I, I, everything he does reminds me of like a short guy trying to get into the pocket. So either so he can get his wrestling going or just to get off like big shots. But he, he, like I, I can see him just running onto something from someone like Dan Hooker. In a fight, he's winning too. That's a, that's the sad part. Like, he, Michael Chandler has that thing where, like, even in fights where he's winning, he is a second away from losing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard for me to gauge. Um, I do believe he is a two top ten lightweight. I, I, I skill think, wise, I think he's absolutely a top ten lightweight. Yeah. But he's like, he's, he's one of those guys where like. The 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 not even the tangentials, but like the just all the weird chaotic shit that happens in MMA, um, factors into his fights way more than it does for anybody else. Like, he's like the complete opposite. Could be really. Could be, could a master of like chaos, and like Michael Chandler is just like a victim of it. <laughs> you know what I'm? I, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb on my prediction. I think he might have a. Mm. This isn't even based on anything. This is me just. I'm just throwing a just throwing a, 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 a shot in the dark. Um. I think he might have a similar UFC run as Eddie Alvarez did. I think he's gonna come in hot. I think he's gonna have a couple of good early performances. But I think at some point he's gonna run into a wall. Or like a fight's gonna drag out too long, right? Like he's gonna get into a war. He's gonna tire down, and some of his his flaws might get exposed. Um, I don't think he'll cool completely down. Like I don't think he's gonna. Um, I don't think he'll end up becoming like Wash, but I think he'll start hot. He might drop a couple, and I think we might see him go to featherweight. Hmm. See. If he if this was like five years ago, I I could see him making a run at featherweight, but he's like thirty six, thirty seven. No, hold on, he's only thirty, thirty four. Is he? Yeah. It's it just seems like that because we've been watching him fight for like. No, I swear to God, like I I remember like. No, thirty four. Seeing like yeah, he was like in his late thirties. Like whoa. Okay. I mean, maybe. I mean, but. Similar thing, but like, or he's a fantastic what? athlete. Like that's the thing. Like, well, you, you know what? You know what? Yeah, well, that too. To, to make the prediction simpler, because predicting somebody's whole career is kind of hard. Um, I just to, to make it simpler. Will Will he become champion? Probably not. Well, I, I'll say this: it depends on his next fight. If his next fight's for the title, maybe. If it's not, probably not. <laughs> I want to say yes so bad because I want it to happen. I want it to happen so bad. Will it into existence? Do it. Peer pressure. Peer, <laughs> pre- <laughs> Peer pressure. And I just, you know, what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. So it's, it's not like, and I don't think him becoming champ is far fetched. Now, if he does become champ, I don't think he holds it for that long. But you know what? Yeah. Going out on a limb, put the stamp on it. He's gonna become champ. He'll probably lose at his first defense. <laughs> but I'm gonna say it. 
because I, I think his one advantage, kind of like you mentioned, he's coming in hot. They signed him to a good contract from what I've heard. He's going to get the big fights early. If he can perform good early, he'll get to the title shot quick. So I think him starting off hot is super duper important. If he loses one fight, he might be in trouble. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb. Michael Chandler is going to become a UFC lightweight champion. Everything so, so I, I just want to put even more mystique into um, Khabib's win, I guess, and his career. Apparently, he broke his foot like a couple weeks ago and was fighting on a broken foot, which explains a lot, actually. It explains why he was coming forward so aggressively. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just like you don't want to like sit on that foot for too long. Man's built different. Yeah. Huh. Built different. But, um, yeah. So, we gave you our nice little breakdown of that and our uh, predictions of Michael Chandler's future. Um, real quick, we'll just kind of run through the rest of this and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Lomachenko fight and then we'll, we'll go and get out of here. But, um, Robert Whitaker, man, looked good against Jared Cannonier. Nice jab, nice uh, one two to the head kick. Uh, gave Cannonier the super stanky leg, won a unanimous decision. Um, that looked like, I, I want to say that looked like prime Whitaker, but that looked like vintage Whitaker. Like, yeah. He, he looked like he looked like Robert Whitaker. Like the tail fight, he looked like all out of sorts. Um, he he, yeah. he looked good today. Yeah, so, this this I, is as close to prime Whitaker I think we've seen in a while. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good. Congrats to Robert Whitaker, man. That was a really really good performance. Um, Alexander Volkov had a nice uh, little slug out walk uh, with Walt Harris, won by TKO. Um, once again, I'll say I'm, I'm just really impressed with Volkov's career. If you'd have told me that guy in Bellator would have done this good in the UFC, not that he was terrible in Bellator, but I know I didn't I didn't envision him having this much success. So, and I'm, I'm happy to see that. There's a dude who went five rounds with Richard Hale, like right. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, but I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm glad to see he's doing as well as he's doing. Dude, just on like pure like technical skill, he's like one of the top like five strikers in this division. Like he he's what Stefan Struve wishes he was. Like Lord. imagine if they were both if, if like Volkov <laughs> had like Struve's like guard game. Right. Golly. Yeah, but Volkov's one of those guys that like yeah he's one of the few heavyweights that I'm genuinely when he fights. I'm looking forward to his fights. Like he, he's one of few, one of few heavyweights. Um, so congrats to uh, Alexander Volkov got the TKO. Uh, newcomer Phil Halls put the hands on Jacob Malcolm, got him out of there in 18 seconds. Um, Lauren Murphy got the rear naked choke uh, submission over Leela Shakarov. I probably said that incorrect, but congrats to Lauren Murphy uh, getting a win at women's flyweight. Uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Ian Kudalaba had their rematch, uh, and Ankalaev sent Kudalaba to the Shadow Realm. Ankalaev is like an, like an actually like good 205-er who just happened to lose to Paul Craig. I mean, it happens. Get close to sometimes. I mean, some, like <laughs> every guy, every like good prospect has like that submission loss. It just so happened that like Ankalaev was in the UFC and against Paul Craig. Right. But no, it's unfortunate, see. but it happens. Yeah, he look he look good though. He look he look good. Somebody yeah, definitely yeah. in this division worth you know keep keep an eye on. If you can hit a guy on the opposite chin as he's hitting like a spin move, like you're doing <laughs> good. 
Yeah, so shout to Ankalaev. Excuse me. Uh, Tied to Ivasa, beat up my man Stefan Struve. Put the hands on him. Sad. Yeah, sad. But shout out to Tied to Ivasa. Good win. Uh, Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood had a nice back and forth scrap. Uh, Casey Kenny got the win via unanimous decision. Um, newcomer, Shavkat Rockmanov beat Cowboy Oliveira in his UFC debut. Looked really good. Um, for a newcomer, looked really composed. Um, I posted on Twitter. He looked like he'd been fighting in the UFC for years. The man didn't look rattled. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked really comfortable. Um, yeah, he looked good. Well, yeah, man, you, you fight up. Yeah, he's from Kazakhstan, man. Like, y- 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 he grew up in a fight culture. Yeah, I'm about to say, what, what are UFC jitters? <laughs> like, yeah, he... Dude, dudes from that area of the world, they don't, they don't know what that is. He's like immune. There's, there's no pressure. It's like yeah. life is pressure, man. Yeah, like... they're, they're built, they're built different over there. They're just they're built, they're built different. Um, but yeah, really impressive debut fighting a guy like Cowboy and got him out of there within the first round uh, via guillotine choke. So keep an eye on him. Uh, Daun Jung uh, had a draw with <laughs> Sam Alvey. Um, to the gentleman who could have won 90k uh betting on the parlay but this fight ended in a draw yeah shout out to you you know what this fight reminded me of um kc versus ortega Mm. where like jung when he threw when he threw first he was doing good but he just let sam alvey keep backing up into the fence darting off and then hitting him until the third round where he woke up and was like oh I can throw punch. I, I can throw an elbow. I can do that. That's the thing I can do. And he almost knocked Sam Alvey out like three times. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm almost killed him. Came close. <laughs> almost killed him. But not, they're, not, not they're so going to use this. I, I can't remember who tweeted this. I think it was like Phil McKenzie of Buddy Elbow. He's like, they're going to use this footage. Oh, no, it was Jack Slack. They're going to use this footage to prove Sam Alvey's a, uh, an action fighter and keep him around for another three years. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I can't say congrats for the win because it was a draw. But, you know, shout outs to Dion Jung and Tom Alvey. Uh, you know, decent scrap. You know, violent happening. So it is what it is. Uh, that was a draw. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, at Women's Flyweight on the early prelims, uh, Miranda Maverick defeated uh, Liana Joja via TKO. Dr. Sopage uh, bloodied up her nose via a really nice elbow. Couldn't stop the bleeding, and I guess they felt the need to end it. Um, hate to see fights stop like that, but I guess it is what it is. Uh, and Joel Alvarez got a submission armbar over Alexander Yakolev. And congrats Sorry, to that. Huh? You missed weight, the bastard. Oh, yeah, he did. There's like no one like Spain. Hold on, 159. Jesus, did he try? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, but I, I will say this is all Yakov's fault because he taught he told uh, Anik and Daniel Cormier before the fight that he would stop rapping for good. Well, Did you remember that Alexander Yakovlev was the Russian yeah. rapper? No, that that mm-mm. Mm. Yeah. He got, he got, I, got, I, got any, got any the songs out there? Huh? I wonder what his rap name was. Something in Russian. I don't know. He he is. I I because he raps in Russian. I'm not sure if he's better than Chicano John, our boy. No, nah, he's not. 
<laughs> who who is the best MMA rapper? Like, I feel like Woodley has the most volume, but I still hesitate to call him <laughs> the best. Like, I've there's, heard there's, the, the, there's the Polish dude who fought um Puds. Oh man, whose name escapes me? Um, I, I think it was like Monster or Stitches or something like that. This might be something worth look worth uh, looking into. We gotta gather a list of MMA rappers and uh and see why Chicano John's the best of them. <laughs> Chicano John, who's now a boxer for top rank. Hey man, shout shout out to John Moraga. Shout shout out to John. But uh that was UFC two fifty four. Um pretty good card, man. Nice, nice and violent. There were violent happenings all around. It's pretty entertaining. Um and once again, man, just congrats to Habib. Great career, all-time great, um, phenomenal performance. The man just 29 and 0, man. What else What else can you say? Um, but before we get out of here, there was one other major fight that happened recently that uh, I think is worth us covering uh, for a little bit. Uh, this was last weekend, right? Uh, yes. Yep. So the prior Saturday, whatever day that was, uh, got a chance to see the uh, lightweight world unification title bout uh, between Vasily Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez. Um, what a sad weekend last week was. Loma uh, lost and Ortega uh, and um, KZ lost. Man, I'm glad we didn't really talk about that fight. Um, yeah, but I'm happy for Teo Lopez. Um, that. It, for those who don't know, like uh, Teofimo Lopez was a dude who had the like who who got overlooked for like the American Olympic team. I don't know the full story behind that. If he like lost in like the early rounds or um, like did he even get an invite to the tournament <clears throat> uh, that they have to determine who makes the U.S. team, so he had to go all the way to Honduras to fight in the Olympics uh, back in 2016. Um, so like when he was talking about before the fight, like I've been overlooked my whole career and yada yada yada. Uh, he's talking about like not being able to represent the U.S. at the Olympics and like all, all that other stuff. Um, so like it, it's a it's like a real underdog story. Dude's from Brooklyn. Um, like his family has like crazy drama, and you know that if you even listen to like half of an interview with his dad. Um, but dude is a ridiculously powerful boxer. Like, did you, did you see his last knockout before this fight? I want to say I did, but I don't remember it. But I feel like my coworker brought it up to me. He absolutely obliterated. Um, oh my God, I know this dude. He fought. Um, was it Crawford? No, it wasn't Crawford. Uh, look, let me just look it up because he's right here. Uh, Richard Comey. There we go, from Ghana. Um, fought Richard Comey, one of the a very tough African boxer, like dude who. Um, has gone rounds with like dudes like Dennis Shefakov and Robert Easter Jr., like really hard hitting dudes. Um, and gone 12, he's never been knocked out prior and got knocked out in the second round by Teofimo Lopez, who made him like do the whole like stanky leg. Like it, it was vicious. Oh, oh no, he dropped the one knee, then got up, then <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. yeah, yeah, no, like he, 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 he. Lopez hits hard, and like the whole thing going into this fight was that it was supposed to be Lopez's speed, uh, not speed, power and um, size, because he's a big dude for uh, uh, for lightweight um, against Lomachenko's like versatility, speed and um, versatility and like technique. 
Um, but he went out there and proved that he's one of the best like strategic boxers out there. Um, and just outboxed Vasily Lomachenko. Um, like by the end of the fight, Lomachenko was the one who was trying to force exchanges, uh, trying to like force the brawl, um, so he could score. Um, though there was a one nineteen one oh nine scorecard for that card by Julie Letterman that was like ridiculous. Um, but the other two cards are fine, so it's whatever. But um, yeah, no, so, so what did you think of the fight? I, I know you don't watch like all the big. Uh, I know you watch like only the really big boxing cards. But were you yeah, disappointed so, with the first six rounds as everybody else? Man, so I was actually, what was I was doing something while this was on for the first. Oh yeah, I was playing Hades, which uh, is the game. If you see me on Twitch, I've been addicted to lately. I, really um, I played that game. That. Played that game for like three in the morning. Game's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I but, love transistors. So like, I should love this. Yeah, so. it's it's so good. But um, so I had it. I didn't really start paying close close attention until about the sixth or seventh round. But I do remember like I would pause the game every now and again, stop and watch a little bit. And every time I looked over, I was so puzzled for like the first five rounds. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at Lomachenko like. Am I just not paying attention, or is he not really doing anything? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching, and keep in mind, man, like, this is a guy we've talked about on this podcast many times before, of how he, he drags people into the Matrix, he hits you with, like, a four-piece, and then dishes off to another angle, then hits you with, like, a six-piece, and he's beating dudes till they just quit. Like, <laughs> like we've gloated about this man on this podcast. So it, it was, was really... Con- Lomachenko is really that good. Just so happens, so is Teofimo Lopez. Yeah. It was really confusing to watch for about a good six rounds of watching Lomachenko, like, look, like, lost or just, like, I don't know if he was tentative because of the power, which we all knew that was a threat. Um, I think also uh, Lopez was able to keep up with the speed, like, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm just gonna guess and say that, I, not that he underestimated Lopez, but I guess just when he got in there, I think he realized how good he was, and it was like, oh, I can't do the stuff that I used to do to everybody else with him. Like it's not, it's not gonna go down like that, because he's getting tagged with uppercuts, and you know, he never really got like wobbled, but like Lopez was really taking it to him those first six rounds. And, it was the first time I'd ever seen Lomachenko, like, he looked kind of lost out there. And, and and what was really weird was, like, there were even moments where he would dodge a punch and have, like, an opportunity to counter, but it was like he was just sitting there. Like, like he was just waiting for some magical opening. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the dude was doing for the first five or six rounds. I had no idea what was going on. All I saw was... This is not the guy I've seen drag people into the Matrix. Uh, he's into the Matrix, but he must have downloaded the wrong program. Because he, <laughs> he's getting beat up. It's not working out too well. Right. Uh, um, and so, I kept uh, waiting, like, all right. He, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, at, at some point, I'm like, all right, he's going to he's gonna kick it up. Can't just get well done. Well, I didn't say he got well done, but he got outboxed for a fairly long amount of time. And then in, like, round seven, he finally kind of woke up. And I wanted to believe that he was going to be able to come back. 
But in the back of my mind, I was like, this kind of feels too little too late. Like, unless he can put Lopez down, I I don't see it. I just, I don't see it. And I was happy that he did finally kind of turn it up because I think the fight really did start to get interesting in like seven rounds, like seven through like 11, where you start to see Loma push forward. Like, he's realizing like, all right, I, I got to do something because this guy is just really outboxing me. And he starts putting the pressure on. He starts landing combinations. He'll take one to give one. Um, he hurt Lopez a couple of good times. Like, just rattled him a little bit. And I'm like, all right, we got to fight. And the 12th round of this fight, I was like, if there's a chance for Loma to win, if there's a small chance, he's got to get this 12th round. And he didn't get the 12th round. And when he didn't get the 12th round, I was like, oh, snap, he lost. <laughs> he He's undefeated no more. That uh, that O is going to have a one there. Um, Yeah. Well, well, no, he lost before. Oh, he did lose. He did. Yeah, he lost Orlando Salido. Funny yeah. enough, well, um, so, so going back, so, like, that Salido fight's, bull, like, bullshit, like, the referee ignored like, 20 low blows or whatever. But it did provide the groundwork for this fight. Um, do you want to know what Teofimo said before the fight? Um, that was like, I didn't pick Teofimo, but I, 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 I read up on a few people who did, and they mentioned this quote. Um, he, he, he was talking about, yeah, Vasily is a great boxer when you give him space. Like, and that's the thing, like, Walters, uh, Guillermo Rigondeau, uh, Campbell, they were all dudes who were content to, like, sit on the outside with him because <clears throat> um, they were, like, trying to counter him. Lopez was like, I'll just get rid of, like, fuck that. I'll just, like, he, he can't box off the back foot. Which, if you think about it, makes a whole bunch of sense because Lomachenko's not really, like, a count- like he's like, a, I'm going to turn you into something type of guy. He's not really a counter type of guy. So he has to mm. move past you either left or right, and he tends to do it off your body. So if you can push him backwards, and you can, like, basically, if you push him backwards, you can basically time when he's going to pivot, pivot with him, and he's not able to counter you. Or he's not able to throw anything. So Lopez spent like the first six, seven rounds of this fight just walking Vasily down. And like when, Vis- when he would try to jab, he would jab underneath it, which would like, you know, neutralize it. Uh, when he would try to pivot, he would pivot with him and just like go back to walking him down. It was like, it was a, as, as much it was as it was a failure to adapt for like Lomachenko. And we know now that he like a, like a shoulder injury that he just got surgery before. Um, it, it was the perfect game plan from Lopez. Like he really studied and he really applied like a tactfully brilliant game plan. And I think some um, of his physical attributes make, made it really hard for Lomachenko. Like when you got, when you have a guy like Lopez, that kind of speed, plus that counter power. I can yeah, imagine he's seeing a little like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe I... Like if I don't know if Guillermo Rigondeau had tried to do this against Lomachenko, Lomachenko probably would have had no problem. But like Teofimo like leveraged everything he had in his arsenal and showed off a, a, a technical aspect of his game that like a lot of people did not give him credit for. So mm-hmm. 
was just it, it was the perfect king making performance from Teo. Um, sucks that they're not going to do a rematch. Um, Lopez is like, I, I don't see why I need to give him one. I, I won pretty clearly, and fair enough. Um, I, I, I don't care to see him against Haney, and it sounds like we're going to get... Um, so they fight at 135. That's lightweight. Uh, it's Like I said before, Teo's kind of a big lightweight, and he's looking to move up to 140, um, and he wants to fight Josh Kelly or Jose Ramirez. Or wait, am I saying Kelly? Is it Kelly? Or am I thinking of Taylor? Josh Taylor. God, that's my bad. Uh, let me get this. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like Don't I'm confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, it's Taylor. It's Taylor. He wants to fight Josh Taylor. Josh Kelly is somebody completely different. Um, or or Jose Ramirez, who are I think they're supposed to fight one another, but like they're struggling to get a date down or whatever. Um. Which is a like so if he but if he could get one of those fights I'd be happy with that too but I, if he's gonna stick at lightweight there are only really two options for him which is a rematch with Lomachenko and a fight with uh or a fight with um other dude Devin Haney who I, I have no interest in Devin Haney until he fights somebody good like really good as opposed to kind of good um so I don't know. But the future's all his. Like, there are a bunch of t- fights on the table for him. Like, and he, I think he's got a frame where he can go all the way up to welterweight if he wants. Um, so, I'm looking at his. highlights. Like, the speed, the power. Defense, too. Like, because Lomachenko's a fast dude. Like, yeah. And he was still able to just pivot or to just, like, kind of just slide out of the way of some of these punches. Like, Lomachenko's having a hard time landing anything that's, like, super clean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you you definitely can't say that this guy doesn't have technique. This wasn't just like, oh, I hit really hard, so you gotta respect that. Like, no, nah, this was a full on. This was a good performance from pretty much and any angle you look at, like yeah. from every every facet. But yeah, those first couple rounds, I was like, bro, what are you doing, Loma? <laughs> Loma, I you know how many people I told how good you were? You got me out here looking crazy. <laughs> I, I told people at, at, who I work with how good you were. Got this man out here clowning on, on you. But um, not nah, great, great um, great performance from Lopez though. Um, I've seen Devin Haney fight. I wouldn't be mad at the fight, but after seeing this, I don't think Haney. Uh, <laughs> I don't say he ain't got nothing for him, but he probably ain't got nothing for him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. <sighs> God, it's been a great month for boxing. If anybody out there doesn't hasn't been paying attention, like the obviously we got the Teo Lopez, uh, Lomachenko fight, but yesterday was um Carlos Quadras versus Juan Francisco Estrada too, mm-hmm. with uh Roman Chaco Tito versus Israel Rodri- uh Israel Gonzalez on the other card, and they were two fantastic fights. Um. We got the end of the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Tournament, finally, between Dortigos and uh, um, Marius Brightus, which happened. And next week, we get Gervonta Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz, and um, Usyk and Gassiev are going to be moving up to heavyweight, potentially to fight guys like Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and Ruiz. And It's been a good month. It's been a good month. Hold on. Hold on. I did not know this. 
What? And why did nobody bring this up to me? LFA signed Alex Pereira. Yeah, yeah. They signed him yesterday. Why did nobody... Hold up, man. Why was this not like... This should have been huge news. I should not just now be finding out about this. Dude, this is why you got to watch my Twitter, man. I retweeted LFA. Oh, Lord. All right. I missed out. But I, I, also, <laughs> I also tweeted... This was right before I started tweeting about the cho- uh, Chocolatito for yesterday. So, they're, they're stuck behind all those tweets. Uh, uh, yes, he signed... Um, He's two and zero, I think, in May. Two and two and one. Two and one, okay. But uh, I, I'm I'm so Izzy has a really like you, not unique, but he, I'm always hesitant with like these kickboxers who come to MMA because I don't feel like all like their games are built specifically for MMA. Um, like Gokan Saki. Um, is that an example where it's like, okay, it's pretty clear that you're a guy who built your entire game around like gloves and like a ring, um, with like ropes and like with three minute rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Israel Adesanya has a very touch feel type of style where it's like not high engagement. Um, like he feels his way into a fight. Um, and he got started way earlier than Alex Perea did. Um, yeah, they started like four or five years ago uh, in his late twenties. Like Pereira's already like thirty three. Mm. So, so uh, the window the window's closing already. <laughs> exactly, but it's also like he's also like a middleweight who can fight up at two hundred five. So like you know theoretically he's still got like seven years left um, if he if he can stay healthy. But like he's also said that he's like really has his heart set on like being like gory the heavyweight champion. Um, so, like, I don't know how serious this move is. Like, if this is just him being like, I wonder how much money I can leverage out of the UFC. Or any other MMA promotion, for that matter. Um, it would be really interesting if somehow he ended up in Bellator and, like, won a belt there. Yeah, it'd be really funny to see him go into Bellator then knock out, um, for, like, Gegger Musasi. <laughs> Who, speaking of, fights next weekend. Oh, no, this... Uh, Thursday. Yeah. Bellator is now on CBS Sports and they are on Thursdays. Yeah. Thursday night on a lot. And he's uh, going to be fighting Douglas Lima because there's only like three middleweights in Bellator and two of them are Leo Machida and Gary Musasi. And they already did that fight. And the other one is out with a brain condition, unfortunately. He has holes in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. We got Musasi Lima. You think Lima can pull this off? The only way Lima wins is if Musasi, who has looked increasingly bored with the sport, has just like <laughs> completely just given up on training. <laughs> because the things that Mus- like what Musasi did to beat like Murray McDonald, there's literally no reason he shouldn't be able to go out there and just do the exact same thing. Just take him down and beat the shit out of him. Uh, we'll see. But again, Musashi has been. <laughs> what? Hold on, I didn't mean to cut you off. Why is one championship next card called Inside the Matrix? <laughs> Are they getting Matrix Four money? I don't thing? know. This is actually a good card, though. Yeah, no, they got four fight and title fights on there. They, all yeah, the champions awesome. they could get to, because Bibiano's stuck in the United States. <laughs> got uh. 
got the goat, man. Ong La and Song against uh, Rainier de Ritter. Rainier de Reiner. Reader, reader, reader. Christian Lee versus Lurie Lapikas. Uh, uh, Martin Wynn versus Don Lee. Uh, Zhang Jingnan versus Tiffany Teo. Two. Anthony Caruso. Anthony Caruso was 0 0 and 0. Did they just not know who he is for real? Is it a kickboxing match? Uh, no, he's fighting Edward Foley, ain't Oh, then I have no idea. He's got to have a You can't just throw some random dude against Edward Foley, ain't I mean, they zero can. Of all the MMA, it might be the like, MMA athletic commissioner of like, Singapore. So they can do whatever they want. That is true. That's, that's, that's a good card, though. You guys should watch that. Those top four cars are well worth watching. The fight are well worth watching. So, uh, you um, got Paul and Silva in the UFC next week. Rest of these fights. I don't know. Those on the other card, like uh, Bryce. Well, I'll just run through it real quick. Hall, uh, Silva, Bryce Mitchell, Andre Feely, Kevin Holland versus Mahmoud Muradov, Greg Hardy versus Maurice Green, Bobby Green versus Tiago Mois, uh, Alexander Hernandez versus Chris Guchmeyer. Sean Strickland still fights. Yes. I think he, didn't he retire? I'm pretty sure he did. But he's fighting Jack Marshman. Dustin he's Jacoby still, is gonna back. He's going to back off at two years off. The, Dustin Jacoby's back. Against yeah. Against Justin, Justin Ledette. The greatest American kickboxer. <laughs> Shout out to Dustin Jacoby. You know, he, he bites. He's back. Uh, riding a two-fight win streak. Uh, Courtney Casey against Priscilla Cachoeira, Miles John versus Kellen, not TV died, and Adrian Yanez versus Victor Rodriguez. But well, there's only one good fight on this card, and it's Kevin Holland versus Mahmoud Muradov. I'm looking forward to Bobby Green. I, I'm always looking forward to Bobby Green, but like Bobby Green is like Michael Johnson, but if Michael Johnson could grapple, so I expect <laughs> him to just go out there and beat the shit out of Tiago's Moises. Yeah, and then again, he's also Bobby Green, so that just means he could get like a split decision. Oh, he's, he's been on a nice little run lately. Yeah, no, he's been he's up the activity. That's what yeah. it's been. He's looking, he's, looking, he's looking pretty good lately. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. One. But yeah, the, overall, this card isn't a lot. Halloween card. I don't, I, I don't care for Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, so. that, yeah, I, that that's hi, a hype train. I never really. Well, I get I understand the high train. I just don't care for Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the camel shorts, sir. Yeah, I get it. He landed a twister. Cool. Yeah, I get it. But... He drilled his nuts off. Yeah. <laughs> but... Like, Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva is, like, sad either way. Like, whoever wins is just sad. I guess it's less sad if Silva wins, but, like, what does it say about Uriah? Real quick before we get out of here, because... I forgot this was like a thing until I saw somebody post it. Um, and I think a lot of us are forgetting that Bellator <laughs> is still in the midst of a featherweight tournament that never ended. Yeah. Um, so we got uh, Patricio Pitbull and Pedro Carvalho. Not until next month, but that's on November 12th. Also on the same car, you got Daniel Vital and uh, Emmanuel Sanchez. Oh, wow. Yeah. Logan Storley. Oh, Logan Storley versus Amosov. That could be interesting. <laughs> That's it, yeah. yeah. That's an interesting fight. I like that. That's a really... I, I've been waiting for them to give Storley... Um, no, this is a good main card. Holy crap. Yeah. 
Aaron Pico versus John Day Jesus. Um, and then continuing that featherweight tournament also on the 19th, uh, oops, snap, on the 19th of November. Oh, God, where'd it go? Uh, we got uh, AJ McKee versus Darian Caldwell. Looks like so far that's the only fight announced on that card. But, um, yeah, so don't forget, guys, Bellator still has a featherweight tournament coming up that I'm actually really looking forward to. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm hoping, I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying that we get the McKee-Patricio Pitbull matchup in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Darian Caldwell could very well mess that up. I don't trust uh, I don't trust Pedro Carvalho to do it, but even if he does, I'd be like, you know what? That's wild enough that I'm okay with it. Just like, oh, Pedro Carvalho just hits a guillotine on like this uh, Patricio Pitbull, and all of a sudden he's champion. Right. <laughs> it's some weird anomaly that, where it's like you would have never got a shot otherwise. That that would be a Bellator thing. Like that that would definitely be a Bellator thing. So so uh, wait, wait, wait. Am, am I remembering correctly where like um like all four guys like these four guys won the first round um of the tournament and Darian Caldwell was like, I wanna fight Patricio Pitbull and then Pitbull picked last, but like because he was like the champion, he got like to pick whoever he wanted. So he's like, I'm gonna fight Pedro Carvalho instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> that like, sounds oh, about okay. right. I think it's all gonna work out though. I yeah, think it's I, gonna work out. How so? Um, I think it'll work out. Yeah. Shout out to Patricio Pitbull, who actually knocked Michael Chandler out, but Michael Chandler made it to the UFC. So I'm I'm gonna throw this out there, um, cause uh, you know, we're 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 at the end, right? We're yeah, yeah we're about, about the wrap. All right, so I'm 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 gonna lead off, uh, shots and shoutouts, if that's the thing we still do, and if that's what that thing that we did was called, because I can't remember, because it's been yeah, forever. Close enough. Right. <laughs> so I, I I I I mentioned a couple times actually because it's still fresh in my mind. Uh. The boxing card last night that was on the zone um, between uh, the rematch between Carlos Cuadras and uh, Juan Francisco Estrada and Ro- uh, Roman Gonzalez, who fought um, Israel Gonzalez <clears throat> on the uh, undercard. We have, I- I'm just going to say it, um, we've lived through one of the great, like, fab four eras in boxing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, back, like, Hearns, Leonard, uh, Hagler. And um, what's this? oh my god, oh, who am I for? Oh, Leonard, duh, stupid. But like, you we went through that era where like there were four kings, um, and I can't think of an era since then where like we've had like four like great fighters and they've all fought each other. Mm. Like, I guess the other one was like more uh, like the early 2000s where we had like Morales and um, Pacquiao and like the like, oh my god. I'm terrible at names. Who did Aaron Morales fight three times? Don't get don't get me lied. <laughs> I got the point though. But yeah, like we go through this, like every once in a while we get like these four fighters in like the same weight class around the same weight class who are just like truly freaking exceptional, and we are living through that moment right now. And they've all already fought one another, and they are all angling to fight one another again and it's magical carlos cuadras uh cuadras uh sort uh 
Sorong Vasai, Roman Gonzalez, Juan Francisco Estrada. They've all fought each other. They all have traded wins and losses with one another. In fact, I'm pretty sure all of them have a win over at least one of the other people in the like in the group of four. Quadras beat Sorong Vasai. Sorong Vasai beat Roman Gonzalez twice. Uh, uh, Latito beat Juan Francisco Estrada and Carlos Quadras, and uh, Estrada just beat Quadras for the second time. Um, and plus, he's one and one with Sorong Vasai. Like, if you guys have not watched those fights, go watch them. They're some of the best fights of like the 2000s, uh, the 2010s, like the past decade. Um, Estrada and like Chocolatito and you know probably Sorong Vasai are all like first ballot Hall of Famers for boxing. Um, like super like people complain about the best not fighting the best in boxing. Like super flyaway is what boxing should be. They're the best fighting the best, and they all want to fight each other. Like literally, Chocolatito and Estrada. After they fought, after they got done with their fights last night, got on an interview, like sat next to each other. Not even like how they had to have DC and like Jones in separate rooms on ESPN so they could talk about like the the fist fight they had in like a a hotel lobby. They were literally just standing next to each other and they're like, Yeah, no, I want to fight that guy again. We're going to do it next year. That's what we want in combat sports. That's what we want in boxing. You should go out and support that. Like I said, go if you haven't seen them, any of them fight already, go pick any two and just go watch them fight. And it's like the, some of the best boxing you're going to see. The fight between Estrada and Quadras last night was fight of the year. I know there was that fight last month where like that guy got, the, there was like the fighters who got dropped like six times each or whatever. I did watch uh, that. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, Sabata and, um, God, it was something, Birchland, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great fight, but like last night was like magical. It was straight up magical. So um, yeah, no, go 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 watch Super Flyweight. That's what I'm trying to say. Go for watch Super Flyweight. Some of the best boxing going on right now. Um, and we're about to get one of the best fights of like the last ten years from it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you, uh, you got anything to shot or shout out, Senza? You want to um, shoot somebody? Nah. Like, uh, Plenty of people too, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like every day I read a headline like, yeah, why are you taking up space on Earth? <laughs> some some stuff. Yeah, I'll leave it alone. But I do have shout outs. Uh late shout outs. But um you know what? Shout, shout out to LeBron James and the Lakers for winning championship. Uh shout outs to the NBA bubble. I, I didn't really agree with it, but it happened. Um and I watched. And there was actually some really good basketball this year, man. Um, albeit the circumstances were not ideal. Um, and there were still issues I had with it. Other stuff I'm not going to get into because of time and whatever. But um, I really enjoyed ba- watching basketball this year. Um, Zero new cases inside the bubble, man. Just saying. Yeah. UFC couldn't manage that. <laughs> they, they lose at least two fights a card because of COVID. Right. <laughs> I don't know how the NBA did it, man, but they they pulled it off, and it was really good basketball, man. Like, I think my favorite basketball moment this year was watching um watching Jamal Murray and um oh my God, what's my man from Utah? Jokic. No, <laughs> he's on different. Too. My man from Utah. God, what is his name? Oh, Donovan oh, Mitchell. Wait, crap. 
Yeah, yeah Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Watch, watching Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell go back and forth for that series was like, that was some of the funnest times I've had, like, watching basketball. And I'm not a fan of either team, but it was just like, I had to watch those games because you knew every night, like, all right, either one of them is going to go off or both of them are going to go off. Yeah, watching um, Butler will his team to the yeah. finals. And then yeah. will two games away from the Lakers was great. Yeah, like, there were a lot of just moments in these playoffs that I think were really, really special. Um, yeah, all, all respect to Jimmy Butler, man. Like, for him to go out, and I forgot which game it was, but when he put up 40, <laughs> 40 on them. Dude, put up two triple-doubles in the finals yeah, just to like, win, like, two games. And obviously, like, we kind of knew he wasn't going to win the series, but, like, that's still to be commended, man. Like, that yeah, – like, he played he play his heart out. Like, he's I got – one of the things that gets lost in modern basketball so much because we focus so much on, like, who has all the rings and, like, uh, this team's a dynasty and this team – like, like and this team has, like, all the good – like, it, we, we lose those, like, special moments. Yeah. Yeah, like, this team didn't win, like, at all, but, like, oh, my God, like, it is a story, like – I'm, like, I'm going to tell my son. Like, the fact that he even made it to the finals. Yeah. It's crazy. And pulled off two games. And Jimmy just, he really willed that team to play to the best they possibly could. Albeit it was against a team we knew they couldn't beat. But that that but was I, a special moment, man. Like, the, the, like um, Denver didn't even make the finals. But, like, them coming down, coming back from 3-1 twice. Yes. To, to knock, make it to the Western Conference Finals. And knocking out the Clippers, too, everybody had is like a lock to at least make it to like the Western Conference Finals. Craziness. Absolutely fantastic. Like that, that's. I feel like that, that's going to. That gets lost because they don't win at all. Yeah. yeah you you got to appreciate the moments in between. Exactly. You got you to gotta appreciate the moments in between. But, um,. And shout outs to the WNBA. I didn't see the whole series of the finals, but Jesus Christ, uh, the games I did watch. Uh, Brianna fucking Stewart is like a cheat code, man. Oh, yeah. she. <laughs> so, like, I, obviously, like, you know, so our, our perceptions of what basketball is is based around, like, what men are, like, the, the size that men come in and, like, how athletic you can be when you're, like, 7'11 versus when you're, like, 6'7. Mm. So, like, the tallest woman in the WNBA is, like, 6'9". Brianna Stewart, I think, is 6'4 or 6'5". But she moves like a point guard. She can shoot from basically anywhere on the floor. Like, and you can't stop her when she starts moving towards the basket. So she just well, she puts a, up, like, she puts like, up, like, like 40 points. She has a 7'1 wingspan. That, yes, exactly. She she's the women's version of Kevin Durant, except she's like ridiculously strong for like being a woman, because everybody else is like smaller than her. Jesus Christ! Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, in the league. I was yeah. watching that finals, and I didn't watch like the whole games, but a couple of them I I I would watch like a quarter or like a half. Seattle was just out there clowning. Just. <laughs> Yo, I felt 
And all in all fairness to like the the aces who I really wanted to win because I like I, I love Asia Wilson. Like she's I think she was like the first like star who was like I want to watch her career in the WNBA. Um, but like they had no answer for her when Dierica Hamby couldn't play for for Brianna Stewart because they 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 just like they played through Stewart and that just opened it up for literally everybody else. So you have like Sue Bird who's like. By the the half of like the second game has like twelve assists, which breaks the record for like the WNBA for most of the game. And it, it got ugly quick. Like yeah, no, every they, game got ugly really quick. Yeah, that that last game they just gave up. Like yeah. And, and in all fairness, they'll have Liz Cambage back next year. So well, maybe I shouldn't say that. What, like we don't know how like what the world is gonna look like in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Did you hear that they're trying to start the NBA season up in like a in month and same. like a week? Yes, like <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> Bro, these dudes just got done playing. Dude, they, they yeah. literally just got done. I mean, if I'm the NBA, I'm gonna be like, Well, you guys also did get like a three month vacation in the middle of it. <laughs> I guess. But, but not really. Because they had to keep trading because they were like, We don't know when we're gonna go back. Right. And I I don't keep up with this as closely. Um, as I probably should, but from what I understand, like if they push their season back a bit more, they'll have the whole month of like June and July to themselves. Like there, there won't be any other sports going on really. There'll be so, the WNBA. Man, they want to compete with them, right? <laughs> so it's like just push the season back, man. Like, These guys have been through a lot. Are they doing the bubble thing? I I have no idea because like, I don't know how. Sports. Are they gonna do it with like thirty teams? Are they that's, gonna keep them there for eight months? That's what I'm. I don't know. Or I'm guessing if I was to guess, you'd have to do like separate bubbles, maybe like probably like four or five. But I, I don't know, man, because they didn't make like I'm seeing articles about the revenue they lost and because they they didn't make money doing this. Like they got the product out, but I don't think they. I think they. I think they made money, but they didn't make as much as they would have. Yeah, obviously, because you cause yeah. the bubble apparently cost like a hundred and fifty million dollars. Like getting all that space for all the players and like feeding them and like, like you know having staff there. Yeah, because uh, they can't yeah, go home then, either. I was saying then then doing like the test and yeah. then you had to think if you do that next year for the course of a full season, you probably gonna have to have about four or five bubbles. <laughs> like I don't know how this is gonna work, but you know what you know what I'll end. Just shout outs to all the athletes across every sport, because except I know we except MMA, except yeah. MMA. <laughs> they probably get going through it the worst because they don't get paid as much as uh. They don't get paid, but they also don't believe that COVID's real. <laughs> there were I'm not gonna say which three fighters on the main card tonight were like COVID isn't. But there were three fighters on the main card today who who think COVID isn't real, and one of them also believes that like um, it, it, it's basically a QAnon head, uh, and also almost fought like a child on like the UFC embedded. <laughs> but no, I, I'll give a shout out to the athletes, man, because you know, I know a lot of us, you know, we have the perspective of like, oh, it's just a sport. But, like, for them, that is their livelihood. Like, for us, it is just a sport to watch and be entertained by. 
but for them, like the same way we have nine to five, like that's their nine to five. Like yeah. they don't do that. They don't have money. They can't feed their families, so on and so forth. Um, and I, I'd imagine having a job that's like that physically demanding, no matter what sport it is you play, to have to do that on top of all the craziness that's going on in the world and still like being able to keep up with your training and like that, that's a lot to deal with throughout the course of a season. Um, like a lot of adjustments they probably had to make. So shout outs to just all the athletes in general. Like I know this year had to been just rough beyond measure. And like you said, I don't know how we're going to pull. That's <laughs> the 200 baseball players who caught COVID. Yeah, that, and, 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 it's just muscle through it. I was gonna say, and NFL's powering through it like it's just not even a thing. Like <laughs> every other day, there's a team that has to get rescheduled because somebody caught COVID, and then they had to shut down the whole training facility. So, yeah, th- this year is wild, man. This this is wild. Don't it know what 2021. Is gonna... Get into the beat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this. 2020 has been one for the history books, man. It's not even done yet. Like we it's all started because of Rudy Gobert. Remember that it's mm-hmm. his fault. <laughs> he he touched that one microphone, and ever since then, <laughs> everything has gone downhill. Mm. But nah, man. Yeah, it wild wild year, man. We still got two more months left, or well, about one and a half more months. We're almost at the end of October. Well, it's still but, two um, yeah, yeah, but, we we still got like two whole UFC pay per views. Um, we we got some big ass heavyweight fights coming up. Anthony Joshua's going to be fighting again. Um, Glory's back. Where the glory being back? Jesus Christ, ain't seen y'all in a while. I, I think they got like, a new PFL's like, coming back next year for anybody that cares. Uh, I mean, I, I want to see Kayla Harrison and Natan Schultz and um, Eliano Sordi. But everybody, everybody else can suck it. Lance Palmer is suing the PFL because the UFC decided to run cards and then Bellator decided to run cards. And he's like, why am I fighting? He's like, I can't feed my family. And he's like, you just got paid $2 million in the last two years. Where'd it all go? <laughs> right, oh, but you want to know why he's really suing PFL? Didn't that have something to do with his his stupid ass father? Yeah, his dad. Yeah, yeah. dad tweeted some. His dad posted something racist as fuck on like uh, Instagram. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he 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 added PFL to be for I, I i don't know like i don't even know what the purpose is because it's not like twitter where they could like retweet but his message they just added pfl because he thought they would be in agreement and then they pfl like, let out a statement being like we don't agree with glance palmer's dad's racist ass instagram book <laughs> and Lance palmer was like this is a violation of fighter trust why like, would you not agree with my racist father I have to deal with him. You have to deal with him. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Mind but, uh, you, PFL is not like the good guy. They cut like two thirds of their roster at the beginning of um, COVID, so they could meet those like thousand dollar month stipends. Um, I, I will say I do appreciate them not adding to the number of like 
sick MMA fighters because we know it's a lot higher than what the UFC and Bellator test for. Because like you know, like none of these guys are like when somebody pulls out the UFC is getting these guys from somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, that yeah. means gyms are open and people are still trading and coming into contact with one another. So you know, yeah, it's it's going down still. It's going down for real. But uh, yeah, man. This has been a, a post-retirement <laughs> Dojo Talk podcast episode. Glad we put this out, man. This was a good time. This was a good it time. It was good. Um, it's fun talking to you, uh, Sensei. Always, always, always. Um, I'm looking forward to the next time we talk, which will be when Mike Tyson fights Shannon Briggs in Bare Knuckle Classic. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Hold on, when is... No, I gotta stop asking questions. We'll be on here for another hour. I was gonna say, when is Tyson and Roy Jones supposed to be? They, they canceled it. They, they, Roy Jones, they, they were supposed to be like last month, but like Mike Tyson's like, I need another six weeks. And Roy Jones is like, fuck you. I hate you. I don't know why I agreed to this. <laughs> he, he, he like blew up. It was like, I'm not doing it anymore. And Probably now I don't think I have an appointment for him. Uh, he, he used that to dodge the smoke. Because <laughs> it, see, it seemed like every other interview I was seeing, I was like, he's slowly realizing this was a bad idea. And he is talking himself out of this fight. Good job, Roy Jones. You probably saved your life. I mean, uh, uh. one of those two men is going to die. Oh, wait, no. It's still going on. It's still going on. Chiller presents November 28th. So Thanksgiving weekend, you're going to watch one of your favorite (laughs) monsters from the 90s die. Lord have mercy. (laughs) <laughs> no nah, man, this has been a this has been a fun episode. Uh, shout out to the listeners, man. Oh fuck! Uh, it's to... four hours long. Oh, that undercard is probably crazy. Badu Jack versus Blake McKernan, Vidal Riley versus Rashad Coulter. Rashad Coulter. Rashad. Rashad Coulter. <laughs> The goat Rashad Coulter is back. <laughs> is this record like 0 and 0? Hold up. <laughs> Y'all heard it here first. You know what's funny? It's like 90% of the people listening have no idea who Rashad Coulter is. If you know. <laughs> greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sean Coles is nine and four. He is not. Hold up, am I reading the right record or is this somebody else? No, that's him. Yeah. Wow. Well, he's nine and five. Well, Rashad Coulter is responsible for every great heavyweight fight in the UFC between 2017 <laughs> and 2018. Well, shout outs to Rashad Coulter. There we go. <laughs> I'm sorry, that <laughs> it's it's like it's like back at the beginning of um quarantine where I like I tu- I tuned into ESPN randomly one day and I saw Clay Collard's face. Like, how did I get here? <laughs> For Rashad Coulter. Mm. Oh, my, oh my oh my god! I I I laughed so hard at Rashad Coulter that I missed the next one, the next announcement. I forgot. I forgot my favorite Nick of all time is going to be fighting a YouTuber. 
We got Nate Robinson, I think, who's going to be fighting. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Y'all, 2020 ain't done. 2020 ain't done. Mm-mm-mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we did this episode. This is how you know that whatever idea you come up with in your head, reality is going to find a way to make it that much worse. Yeah, I kind of love that because. We, I'm gonna keep. To... I'm, I'm gonna keep saying Mike Tyson versus Shannon Briggs bare knuckle, and that's gonna devolve into like Riddick Bowe versus Shannon Briggs Muay Thai fight, <laughs> like a left way fight. This year's gonna end with a bang. It's uh, it's gonna end with a bang, y'all. How much weirder can I get? That's don't, that's all I want to know. Don't ask that question. Twenty twenty has shown us that we shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't ask certain things we shouldn't ask for because it I mean, might we're, deliver. My, my, Sensei, my, Sensei, we're, we're back in the era of celebrity boxing. Like, Lord. It, it's amazing. Like, like, where does the basement, and we're in the era of bare knuckle boxing, which, me, which brings me to my next question. When do we get to the era of celebrity bare knuckle boxing? It's coming. I, I want to see the I want to see the Paul brothers in the bare knuckle FC ring is what I'm saying. I was going to say like COVID is going to last a little bit longer, so people are going to run out of avenues to make money, and fighting seems to be something that's just kind of powering through this. So, like Dana White said, the day after the end of the world, people will be fighting for whatever currency is. Sadly, that might be the most truthful thing he's ever. <laughs> it is the most honest thing <laughs> he's ever said. Ever. It is 100% actual factual. So, Man. my question is, if you could book one celebrity bare knuckle fight, what would it be? Because I'd like to see Terry Crews fight John Cena. Yeah. Lord, that'd be the... Uh, I don't even like John Cena, but I would need him to knock Terry Crews. I can't believe I just said that, but I would need that to happen. What are some old fights back in the day? Like we was, can Wesley Snipes finally fight somebody, or is he still? He, yeah, he's good on taxes. I mean, I know he's hold good. Up. Where's no, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Where's my Green Ranger fight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. Give me my Green Ranger fight against whoever. I don't. At, at this point, I don't care. Where's my Green Ranger fight? Call, where? Call Tommy. Where's Tommy? I'll get yeah, Tommy out here. I mean, who would he fight? I don't care. At this point. But I, I want him to fight in the outfit. But, like, he can just have his knuckles exposed and, I guess, his face because you can't wear a mask. But, uh... I mean, you can wear a mask in Japan. Because that's how Merkel Krokop murdered Alberto Del Rio. Mm. Yeah. Green Ranger. That, that'd be the one time I'd watch a bare knuckle card. Y'all give me the Green Ranger? I'll, I'll tune in. <clears throat> you will have my, my vote. Not, not my vote. I'm, I'm, uh, I've had my attention, my time. I'm trying to think. Uh, hmm. Hmm, hmm. I'm trying to think who I want him to see him fight, but I can't. I can't think of it. So there's somebody out there. Y'all get get Tommy on the line. Somebody tag him in a tweet. Will you fight 
Paige Van Zandt in the Bernie <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Paige Van Zandt should get celebrity fights. I, I, like, who, 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 could, who could we get Paige Van Zandt to fight in the bare knuckle ring? Do they care about weight classes? No. Gina Carano, then. Just just do it. Just. She's like a movie star, kind of, sort of, adjacent. Not really. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see Paige Van Zandt beat up Gina Carano. Yeah, I was going to say, they, and I feel like, like if Paige wins, she'll, she'll take all of Gina's roles. Like somehow you know just, she's gonna end up in the Mandalorian. You, you know what? Chris Cyborg trains Halle Berry. Mmm. Mmm. Halle Berry versus Paige. And, and, and she did Catwoman, so we know she can like move. And like, she trained with Brian Ortega. Yeah. Let's do it. Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry like fifty five. And she was a John Wick. <laughs> Holly Berry versus Paige Van Zandt. Let's we, do we it. Get, we get old man fights all the time. We don't get a lot of old woman fights. We don't. Holly Berry is actually like 55 years old. She's probably still limber. She can probably move around still. I think it's just old men fights are just explicably sad. Not saying old women fights would be any better. I mean, but... I'm, I'm trying to think, like... I'm I think we won't know until we find out because we don't really see old women fights. Like, we won't know how sad it could be until we actually see it. Yeah, like we haven't lived through it, like women becoming like popular enough to have like sad old women fights. Is just like now a thing? Like if Gina Carano was to come out of retirement, like she's like what? Not even that old. She's not like nog. She's not a nog old. She is 38. Yeah, but see, she's not even 40 yet. Yes, and like Jado was like the star, the first star of like women's MMA here in North America. So like, I don't know. Like, I think I'm, she's one of the people that also believes like COVID isn't real or something crazy. Yeah, no, she she's she's a crazy person. Like, don't follow her on Twitter or Instagram. Lord. But well. I'm sure, like, mm. I want. I can't wait to the day we get old woman fights, so we get like true equality. <laughs> it, it's gonna be Ronda Rousey bare knuckle fighting, um, like Chris Cyborg, in like their late fifties, and like Travis Brown will be there. He'll be in like a walker. It would lead lose too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got Cyborg cleaning both of them. <laughs> Travis is going to be winning for the... <laughs> Cyborg will clean both of them out of here. I mean, if we're being honest, Cyborg will never have old woman fights because she's just going to be better than everybody at 145 <laughs> for like 20 years. You know what? We could do... Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, we could do Christy Martin versus... Um, I was gonna say like Holly Holm, but Holly Holm is even that old yet. Oh, what if, what if, hold on, hold on. I just had a thought. What if like for a celebrity, bare knuckle, we just start bringing in the movie stars, like our action stars, and we make them fight for real? Yeah, uh, Jason Statham has to fight The Rock. Yeah, we can we can get that going. I I, I mean I I don't think The Rock can take a punch. I'm gonna be real with you. Like, I think physically he could take a punch, but I think he would like. Like ball up like 
uh, Brock Lesnar does. The Rock but, turns to a pebble. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, I think it'd be a lot like that. So and Jason Statham gets Tony Ja, called Donnie Yen, gets Scott Atkins. See, I would just favor anyone who's actually been like a martial artist. I don't know, we'll see. We, we have the old, we have this, we have the celebrity, like the the action star like league, and then like Kung Lo just like sneaks his way into it <laughs> and spinning back takes everybody to death. Oh man! Oh man! See, I think this is a idea on par with the barbecue fight league. It's weird that somehow this seems slightly more feasible. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, movies are never coming back. Let's be real. Yeah, so this might be the next best thing. Hey, this might be, like, listen, you might not ever see Donnie Yen fight in, like, a scripted, you know, film again. We, we but if you want to watch the fight for real. We we go to Dwayne, and we're like, Dwayne, Fast and Furious 9 is never going to happen. But we got this idea. <laughs> you know what? Remember you and Vin Diesel had that beef? Trying to trying to end it, trying to squash it for real. Trying to make some money off of it. Yeah, just put your name on this paper. Don't look at it. Don't read it. Just put your name on the paper. Uh, go to the gym for a little bit. We'll send you a trainer. Don't ask any questions. And uh, be at this undisclosed location in about three months. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but let's let's go and get out of here. <laughs> This is truly a comeback episode. We gave you guys a nice, realistic, technical breakdown. And, and then we gave into madness. Right. <laughs> we gave you celebrity fight ideas. You got everything here, man. We gave we you everything. Talk about like Michael Chandler like an hour ago. We did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good comeback episode. We didn't go three hours though, so I'll take this as a success. We're at like two thirty. But uh yeah, man, this has been our post-retirement uh, uh, comeback of the Dojo Talk podcast episode. Um, like we said, in the event that Terrence Crawford and uh, Errol Spence have a fight, or John Jones loses, or Tenshin Nasakawa and uh, Takaru fight, uh, you'll see us again. Um, if not, uh, you can always still catch us on social media. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on any social platforms that I happen to have at Serial Sensei. Um, you can also follow me on Twitch at Serial Sensei. That is where I'm most active. If you'd like to see me play video games, I'm actually probably still going to stream tonight. I probably told myself I promised I'd do a Saturday stream. So I'll probably be streaming into the uh, to the midnight hours tonight if I can stay up. But uh, yeah, still out here, man. So just type in Serial Sensei. Still out here. Still buy my book, The Alba Chronicles. On Amazon, ninety-nine cents for physical copy, eight ninety no, ninety-nine cents for a digital copy, eight ninety-nine for physical copy. Part two hopefully coming next year. Still working on it. Getting there little by little. But uh yeah. Uh and Antaku, let them know where they can find you. If yeah, you want to be that, Yeah, I mean you can find me in your hearts. <clears throat> there you go. Sucking on your life force. <laughs> so I can stay young forever and eventually also fly. But if you want to find me in the material world, you can find me on, on Twitter at JC Zeus. And you can find me on Tumblr for whatever reason. I'm still there at the anti cool. That was GC Zeus. Tumblr.com. 
Yeah, GC Zeus. GC Zeus. You said J. Uh, did I? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to follow somebody completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Go follow JC Zeus, too. He might be cool. I mean, he might not exist. But Probably doesn't. J. I know he does. He's Carlos Beltran. Joined December 2011. Has never tweeted. Has eight followers. Uh, he's following eight people. <laughs> and one of them is Samuel... One of them is Samuel Burke from the TV series Work From Home. Emmy winning technology correspondent. Is that Carlos Beltran really only has <laughs> He's oh. very specific. Oh, man. Carlos Beltran. Oh, man. Not the but, cool uh... Beltran. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's been a post-retirement episode. Like I said, man, if you want to dig into the back catalog, if you're a first-time listener, um, we are a retired podcast. But if you want to dig into our back catalog, go ahead and listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, all those places. Just type in Dojo Talk Podcast in your Googles. You will find us. Um, If if you would like to hear us again, uh, show up to, like, the UFC show the next time John Jones fights and, like, kneecap him. He's like, hit him really hard right behind the knee, Tanya Harding style. Yeah, and then we can come and back. And then he'll go out and lose, and then we can talk we can talk yeah. about how you kneecapped him. Right. <laughs> we'll bring you on the podcast. You, you yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you, you can come on the podcast. No, we'll we'll but, call uh, you. We'll, we'll, we'll hit you up at the Nevada State Correctional Facility that go. they put you in and be like, that was really cool, dude. Right. <laughs> we appreciate you. But, uh, yeah, man, that is uh, going to be it for this episode. Uh, you guys, man, stay safe out there. Uh, wash your hands. Uh, wear a mask. Drink water. Be clean and sanitary and all that good stuff. Uh, but this has been a, another episode of the Dojo Talk podcast. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, uh, we'll be there in spirit because we're not covering it unless it deals with the aforementioned fight that happened. But, uh, yeah, you guys be safe. And until next time. We'll see you when we see you. Peace.